Jill's in the chair for the missile today because he's busy, as you know, scope working those hips for dancing with the stars. I always said sequence suited the missile because there's six foot five of him. There's a lot of sequence to go around. Anyway, <laughs> we will waltz on in his absence. Welcome along to wherever you are tuning in today on SEN 1170 in Sydney, 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. A special hello to our friends on SENQ693 in Bris Vegas, to those tuning on the SEN app. And on the Moles Club podcast, you can get it through Apple, Spotify, and the usual places you get your podcasts from. Let us know where you are tuning in from today. The text line number 0457 736 736. And call us in the open line. Uh, the two most beautiful words in our language, free call, 1300 0111 70. We've got a big show coming up. Paul McGregor, the great Mary, New South Wales assistant coach, will be along as always. We'll preview the Saturday games in our regular segments, the Week in Review. Yeah, nah, in the second hour. Do yourself a favour and lot more, and lots more. Well, look, is that right, Coach K? We've got a new segment, Hit It or Quit It. You better brief me during the ad break. He was in fine form with the call last night alongside Jimmy and Timmy. I speak of Justin Horrow. Morning, Scope. Morning, Jules. It's always a great way to start the weekend here at the Mowers. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to working with you, brother. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's sort of just getting started here at SEN, mate, but uh, you've been doing great work here for, for a while now, so it's always good. I'm, I'm, I'm going through the ranks, mate. I'm, yeah. getting to, I'm getting to mix and mingle with everyone here at SEN. <laughs> You're on the bottom two rungs with me, <laughs> mate. You had me at hello. Do you have a lawn? Do you have a lawn? Uh, I don't, mate. I'm in a, I'm in a block of units. At, yeah, you're a battler uh, like me, mate. But, Not but, like Jimmy's got acreage out of Camden. Yes, example, yeah. yes. Gotcha. Yeah, right. Think about Missile, right. And uh, this was the big secret. You said, I might be on a reality TV show. We're thinking, what is it? You know, is it love on the spectrum? I don't know what it is. <laughs> and Olympic, so it ended up being Dancing with the Stars. Olympic swimmers, as you know, Scope, are the most debaucherous of all in the village because the swimmers are done by week one and they just run riot. In week two. So I did say before he commenced this show, I said, Miss, you realise that um, the mumbo can be done vertically as well as horizontally? (laughs) I'll tell you what, you don't want to get the missile fired up with uh, what's happening in the village uh, of late with, you know, they're not not like back in the day in in his day. They've been sent home early in in the new Olympics coming up and he's not happy about that. No, 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 no. Well, was it? Japan, I'm trying to think, Tokyo. They had the the beds made of the recycled cardboard. (laughs) Suffice to say, um, they weren't as supported as... Uh, some of the, I mean, missile and some of these athletes are big units, right? He's uh, give it a workout. Yeah, he, he's yeah. he's a lot bigger, especially when you hang out with uh, with a lot of rugby league players. Uh, often, once I met missile, obviously you know you know swimmers are big, but he's 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 a big guy. The missile, so he took me by a surprise for sure. Now speaking of big guys, Tyson Fury's a big guy, heavyweight champion. You were down at the boxing during yeah. the week in Melbourne. Yeah, so, am I right? Nikita Zoo sort of jokingly called him out. Yes, he did. He did, and they cut. <laughs> they cut to Tyson Fury. I don't know if it was delayed or he wasn't feeling the call out. Yeah, and uh, and Nikita, you know, almost joked about it. Pulled back a little bit, but um, a really good night. Those boys at No Limit are doing a really good job. My ex teammate uh, Georgie, yeah, Rose, Georgie Rose, the Rose brothers, uh, they're killing it for No Limit. They've got Joseph Parker on board, obviously, and that's what drew uh, the Gypsy King Tyson Fury. His good mate Tyson Fury. It was just a, it was a really good night. It's their first time down in Melbourne, uh, and and they're only going to get bigger. The boys at No Limit. So, um, I think there's a fight now between Jaya Pataya and Tyson Fury off the back of 
uh, Tyson being in Australia. So great for Australian boxing. That is bad. The thing I love about Tyson Fury, it's like a, a victory for us dad bods everywhere. The heavyweight champ. But he's not, let's be honest, he's not carved from granite, is he? No, he's he not. He looks a bit squishy around the midriff. Well, that's the beauty of him. I think when he uh, when he beat Klitschko originally and, <laughs> and he joked about his his, his rig or, or lack <laughs> oh, of, yeah. or lack yes. of, just like us. So, you know, for us battlers, um, you know, I never can considered myself as having the best rig when I played rugby league and, and I've kept that up into retirement. Yeah. It's uh it's yeah, it's good for all of us, uh all of us battlers that to think that he with that rig that he's got, he's the most considered one of the most dangerous men on the planet. I, I don't uh, mind with, with with only using their fists. Yeah, I don't mind a bit of rig chat. So those in back in your day, uh, scope, those that played that had the rig with though were there players that would just rip the shirt off off at any given opportunity because they know you know, if you got it flawed it kind of thing. Oh, I tell you what, I, I, t- I tell you what who did didn't didn't mind a promo was the, the great Matty Ballon. Uh very yeah. good looking. I think he was he was rated um, you know, one best looking in, in the league a couple of years in a row there when the, uh, this is before the social the media days. Aren't they, aren't they supposed to have pumpkin heads or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was a good little rap from him. He, uh, David Williams also had a, oh, a well, good rig. went well. My missus, uh, you know, I met her in 2008. We started dating in 2009, and I'm a Dragons fan. And, you know, she's adamant that when we started dating, because then Bennett came and they won the comp, but we'd watch a bit of footy back, and she thought that that Wolfman was uh, – Pretty decent looking. Yeah, he and was. His bro- well, she actually worked with his brother. Johnny's Johnny was a teacher. Yep. Yeah, and she was a paramaster, I think, at the time. Yeah, okay. And she, yep. all the girls go, oh, Johnny Williams, a good looking fella too. The hot dog. Yeah, the hot that, dog. Oh, yeah, that's. Do, a, do we need to expand a while? Oh, I don't know. It was uh, hope, hopefully your, he, your yeah, missus yeah, didn't know the, the, the a, nickname. He's a big Jules. fan of Kobayashi. <laughs> is, is what you're telling <laughs> uh, The text line number oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Who had the best rig back of the day? Well, Scotty Sorensen, they reckon, has got a very good rig and good. Yeah, very good looking fella. Beautiful eyes. Um, <laughs> Reese just just up there with you know the oh, Reese Walshes of the world yeah, as well. Pretty, we're, we're going to be talking origins soon, I'm sure. Yeah, um, yeah, he's right up there. But I tell you what, you know, it's it's smart from you know big Georgie Rose. He was another one of my teammates. He didn't have, you know, he wasn't in the in the top 100 uh, respectfully. So to so, uh, he must have, he must have been stoked to bring in a, a guy like Tyson Fury down because you would have played in the day. Uh, Jail's aware the jerseys were still a little on the baggy side before they started to get really fitted. Yeah, right. And and the and the white ones didn't do us any justice. No, so no. give us the maroon every day of the week. Yeah, so uh, the, back in those days, bit of the old veranda having it hanging over the tool shed, <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of vibe. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy Saturday morning Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Jules in for missile. Justin Horoscope is alongside me. Friday night scorecard. You were doing this game last night. Yep, uh, Jazza alongside Jimmy Smith and Timmy Manor. Parramatta twenty four North Queen. Queensland, 16. You've got to give credit to the Cowboys. You know, they had four out due to origin, coming to hostile territory off the back of a 66-point drubbing last week. Uh, you know, maybe sometimes you get these games and you just say, they were an aberration, never going to happen again. What sort of attitude are you going to bring? How are you going to bounce back from that demoralising loss? It was six all at half time. They were in the game. It was 18-16 with about four minutes to go before that Mitch Moses saw, uh, try sealed it for the Eels at the end. Uh, what did you make of it? Yeah, like really good contest. Um, you know, sometimes when you get these six all games, it, it's sort of there's it's, it was a bit of an error fest, or um, the teams aren't really playing footy. I thought Parra probably playing more footy than the Cowboys. Part of me, but uh, 
you know, the Cowboys just really needed to complete well. Uh, the week before, that's what that's that was the Tigers' blueprint. And they com- they completed 43 from 46, just held the ball. So big focus for the Cowboys was completing. I think they did it like 90, 95% by the time at halftime, and they kept that up. And then they started to play a little bit of footy at the back end. It. I think the the real crucial part, there was a couple of crucial parts just in the, in the final f- five minutes, just after they scored their final try. Cohen Hess tries the offload, yeah. um, paradive on that. And then they defend their line for a couple of sets, do the short kickoff. Scotty Drinkwater puts it on a dime right in the right spot for Kyle Felt, knocks it back, and a really big play from Brendan Hands, who sweeps in behind uh, and seals the game just before, obviously, Mitch Moses comes off his right and goes through and scores the finishing try. But I thought those two uh, moments just before that Mitch Moses try in particular were really big. We mentioned the four out uh, for the Cowboys. So they had no homes. No Talungi, no Dearden, and uh, who's the other? Cotter is the other yep. one. But you think about Parramatta, right? So obviously Junior Barlow, they've lost to Origin. Campbell Gillard injured. Sean Lane injured. Ryan Madison injured. Andrew Davey injured. That is the bulk of their engine room. Yep. So let's not forget that in this discussion. Oh, I thought William McGregor had a good game. Very He's good. He's a bloke that, you know, because you need depth. And, and they talk about Brad Arthur. Some have called it a knock on Arthur that he relies too much on the big minutes of Junior Barlow and Regan Campbell Gillard. He doesn't have them now. So it's, a, you know, guys like, as we said, William McGregor or Matt Dury came back on the side last night that had got to step up. Yep, for sure. And uh, I think, yeah, it's, it's, you talk about BA there. For sure, I, th- I think his bench rotations really sort of let him down in the past, you know, 12 to 18 months where he is very reliant on, on guys that have been there and done that. But in this competition, if you don't play your full 17 or get good usage out of your f- full 17, um, it just ends up tiring out the big boys at the end of the year. So you've got to have a little bit of faith. I think he, he's underrated in the way that he's developed players over the year. But also, just going quickly back to the Cowboys, both teams were severely hit with people that were out. You, you even Because you didn't mention Jason Tomalolo, who's probably still just one week Another away week now, in. and Jeremiah Nanai, yeah. uh, who's out with suspension, I believe, at the moment. So... Both teams were very heavily hit with players that, that are out at this part of the season. And I think it, you know, that showed in the performance from both teams. They're both missing stars, and it was a very good uh, back and forth tussle. Russ, uh, I'm not about keeping myself away. Watching William Greg and just from certain angles, does he look like Russell Packer to you? Kind of. He does have he a bit does, of hey? He does a bit, have a bit of Russ, a Russ about him. He's probably. Um, Russell Packer was so more a little bit more compact and hardened whereas uh, that comes with time that comes with experience as well so Whittemore well, is great in more that. compact over the years what because all the head hits it yes. sort of compresses your body yeah you idea, just right. I don't know you start to you start to train a little bit different you yeah, bring right. it right in front rowers uh, you don't want to be too wide and too loose uh, and Russ was you know he, re- he really knew the right spots to get in behind the ruck and uh, Whittemore is starting to get that now he's starting to pick and choose his times a little bit better uh, I, I felt like uh, early on in his career, he was, he was, he's starting to get that gas in him now. And uh, and then, therefore, he's able to find his front a little bit more. You know, pick his spots, find spots. When, you, when you're when not as fatigued in the head, you start to look up and go, all right, instead of running at Cohen Hess, I've got a little Jake Granville here in front of me. Um, that's a better option. And then that comes with experience as well. Dylan Brown's defense impressing you. Very good. Yeah. Very good. There were some really good uh, uh, defensive performances, like really big plays across the board. Even Benny Hampton... There on the Sean Russell try a little bit later in the second half. Um, I'm just trying to think. There was, there was about three or four where, uh, like, well, you can even throw that Brendan Hands play. It's a defensive play, that one, even though it's not a tackle. Um, to get the ball back in that situation uh, was massive. And Jermaine Hopgood, 
uh, he's been unreal for the Parramatta Eels this year. With with all the stars that were missing in the forwards last night, he really stepped up and defensively he was he was really sound. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Val Hobbs, Murray Talagi. I want to talk about Origin selection and them in particular uh, later on in the show. In the AFL, the Sydney Swans seventy seven two good for Carlton fifty. One, gee, they can savage their own, these Carlton fans. The Super Rugby, the Highlanders, 35 against the Reds, 30. We're starting to play some better football recently. Melbourne Rebels, 52. Far too good for the Force 14. And this was the Force side that beat the Brumbies the other week. Mm. Pretty remarkable. And the NBA playoffs, you know, to the Celtics fans, Scope, dare to dream, 110 over the Heat, 97. They are not done yet. Yeah, I hope not. I hope not, Jules, because I'm a Heat man myself. So I think they bounce back. I think they'll be able to bounce back. Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a Jimmy Butler. I'm a Tyler Hero man, and uh, it's a great name. They've, they've started they've started the uh, series well. It's just about finishing off now. But they will get they will be getting a bit nervous if they uh, if they end up dropping this next game for sure. So did you hop on the bandwagon and that whole LeBron? No, no. I was. So I'm a, I'm or... the opposite. I'm a LeBron James hater. So my story is... How does anyone hate LeBron James? Well, it all started back in 2003 in the draft. Oh, you got to uh, tell me, right? Yeah, it, yeah. Goes, it, goes, it goes all the way back. Just pull up a chair. I'm just going to put on a couple Carmelo of Carmelo Anthony right? is my yeah. guy. So therefore, yeah. if you've if you if you're followed Carmelo Anthony through your career, <laughs> yeah. you're not a big fan of LeBron James because he won everything why Carmelo didn't. Uh, Carmelo retired, and then I you know, I picked, I picked a new team, and that, uh, that was about three or four years ago when Tyler Hero came into the league. Just thought I'd follow him. So, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough following the Heat when when I hated LeBron and the Heat for for all those years. You must and have really been conflicted. I was time, very yeah. conflicted, very conflicted. But it was it's basically a whole new setup, and uh, and that's and that's what I tell myself every night so before you, I go to bed. <laughs> so you tell yourself that LeBron joined the Heat just because he wanted to win championships. You know, I'll always love Queensland. Uh, Queensland. I'm sure he loves Queensland too. Cleveland, but. I'm not going to win the championship here. I'm just going to go to Miami. He's basically did the KD before KD. Yeah, KD. yeah. He's he's the OG and uh, he's he's, he's <laughs> killed. He's he's uh, uh, killed. He was the the start of the super teams and and that sort of jazz. So um, nah, nothing. I, I joke around about it. I don't know it gets fight, it gets people fired up all, all the time on social media. So if ever I was down on a bit of content. Mm. Um, Back in the day, it would be get into LeBron James and, and get everyone all fired up. Coach Kays, I say good morning to you. Do you want to chime in on this uh, fierce debate? How does anyone hate LeBron James? No, oh, a lot of people don't like him, Jules. Why? Uh, uh, I don't know if it's because of his ego. Is there or... a player that's universally loved then? Durant's not. You know, it's cr- it's crazy you say this, Jules. I think Michael Jordan. Current players. Oh, current. Maybe well, Steph Curry? Yeah, I'd say everyone likes Steph Curry. Well, no Very, no, it, more to the point that... People don't hate Steph Curry, do they? They don't hate well, Steph. They don't dislike. He seems like a I don't dislike. think they hate Steph. No, no, definitely not. But I think Michael Jordan was definitely more loved than what LeBron is. Yeah. But Michael but, Jordan, everyone knows about his his uh, tough way of approaching it with his teammates, tough way of playing. Um, not not everyone was probably a big mm. fan of, of uh, Michael, but I think more yes. people loved him than LeBron. Respected. Yeah. Respect. Well, Luke Longley said that, didn't he? He said, I didn't love MJ. I thought he was unnecessarily harsh on his teammates, but he made me a better player. Yep. Yeah. And we learned a lot of that from the last dance. So hopefully Missile's not having his last dance yes. as we speak. 0457-736-736. The Eels, 24 over North Queensland, 16 Thursday night. Wayne Bennett is a genius, Justin Hiro. Asako was a reject. Couldn't get a start at Brisbane. Couldn't get a start at the Gold Coast. Milford people thought that his career was gone. He was on the scrap heap. Cody Nicarima, another one. Those three were probably the best for the Dolphins Thursday night. Mate, it's it's crazy to think after all this time, 
you know, because any sport goes through ebbs and flows where coaches, you have new coaches come in, new systems. But at the end of the day, belief is so big when it comes to coaching and, and buying is massive. He's obviously got the runs on the board, but also he gives these players a lot of belief and all these players might not have been big stars over the last couple of years, but they just simplify their role and, and they do what they do for the team. And it's really working for the Dolphins. Jermaine Asako has been unreal. Yeah, all of those guys. Milford was really good. Cody Nickareem has been good in patches uh, filling in when, or, you know, all over the place, whether it be halves, hooker, fullback last night on Thursday night. Um, they're just, he's just doing a great job. The kicking game, I thought, won it for him. Yep. They had it on a dime. It makes you wonder why Milford went off the boil for so many years. And he's still not hes not that old. I don't think he's even 30, Anthony Milford. Yeah, well, he's been around for a long time too, Mil. So it's its one of those things. You, you can't be up for so long. That's, a, you know, we're talking about LeBron before. The greatness of LeBron, year oh. 20, to be still be doing what he's doing in the playoffs. You've got to respect that. But it's so hard. And it's probably even harder in rugby league because we're a contact sport, right? So he, he's a smaller fella. He's, you know, often... Um, he would he would have been targeted in both defence and attack. So to be able to do what what Mills done, you, you understand you're going to have dull years. But it's like uh, the great Benji Marshall, Shawnee Johnson. You, you go through a, a few few year few down years or or a down period, but then there's always a chance for them to come back and and finish off strong. You have any kind words to say about my dragons? Um, look, a, a really good performance against the Roosters last week. I, I think that's. I think that's. If you're going to speak about positive, sort of new coach bounce back factor. You see that a lot, don't you, in sport? Well, yeah, yeah. in sport, it, it was surprising the stats. Um, I thought it was better in rugby league, but only the for the interim coach. It's it was before Ryan Carr. It was only one from the last ten performances where it felt. It always felt like maybe, yeah. maybe it's more in other sports where the coaches bounce back, but. Um, yeah, they obviously got a a result and, and got some energy from it last week, but I, I actually picked the Dragons to win this game because I thought some of these so young guys I. are going to be refreshed and, yeah. and really looking forward to the opportunity, but just didn't play out that way because the Dolphins were just ready for them in every sense. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. That is the open line number. Feel free to text us as well. 0457 736 736. Up and running this Saturday morning, the Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro. Welcome back, Saturday Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers, powered by 100 Years of Innovation. The text line number 0457 736 736. Jules in the chair for Missile today. The great Justin Horro is alongside me. Parramatta 2, good for the Cowboys last night. Gutho, 20 runs for 248 metres. Uh, he's one of these guys, Clint Gutherson, that you just would love to have in your team. Yeah, for sure. I was uh, I was lucky enough to play with Gutho at the start of his career. He's a young kid Manly coming boy, through yeah. at Manly. Uh, Chroma boy, uh, Gutho. Still lives that uh, way, doesn't he? He still does, yeah. He, he refuses to move from the northern beaches. Uh, he, he talks about the commute. At the end of the day, you get stuck in traffic. You get to come home and you're on the northern beaches. So. <laughs> I, said, I, live, I live in North Parramatta, Gutho. Come to the promised land, mate. <laughs> you're a career player. Yeah. I, I was a Hills guy back in back in my day yeah. as well when I was out in Parramatta, North Mead Way. So, um, mate, the, th- the thing about Gutho is – he looked like he was hobbling in the first half. He didn't quite look 100%. I don't know uh, what sort of Danko rub he got on at halftime or what the physios did to him, but he came out even stronger in the second half and really kicked on for him uh, and sort of just got him home, a, a real captain's knock. You talked about Scotty Sorensen and, and Reese Walsh having pretty eyes. I just had the, up on the big screen Todd Payton in the post-match press conference with the Cowboys. He's got very dreamy eyes. Who Toddy Payton does? Oh, yeah. Underrated for the the, the big fella. That, sort of that crystal aqua. Yeah. You just get lost <laughs> in all at sea. Uh, are they gone? 
Cowboys? They, they can't well, make the eight. Well, can they? I, I will say normally that would be the case. What are we, round 13? Now you've got a few extra rounds, a couple extra uh, buys because ne- neither the Parramatta Eels or the Cowboys had had a buy rolling into that game last night. So that's big. And I will say, Jules, the closeness of the competition really gives you a chance. When you look at the ladder, the points are so close. So even though I think they're currently in, you know, around the 13th or 14th at the 14th moment. 14th on 10 points, but they've had no buys. No buys. Tigers have got their second buy this week, I think. Yeah, there you yeah. go. And then they're only, what, six points or four points behind the eight. Yeah. Um, so they're still within distance. They're going to get troops back. I will say, um, I think it's an advantage that, you know, sort of last year – even though they've got four in origin duties, they had, you know, around eight to nine in or, on, in origin duties in game three last year, Even whether it was uh, Chad Townsend who was 18th, 19th man there. So um, they need to get – they need to start soon. And, and uh, if if not after the bye, I think the bye coming up next week, then they've got to get it going soon because they could slip away. Now, this new segment, Hit It or Quit It, you're going to have to fill me in on what we can expect here. All right, hit it or quit it. Uh, Coach K will come up with uh, uh, it's uh, do we like it or do we not like it? Yeah, basically, okay. so he's going to chuck a couple of scenarios at us. He's got he's got a he's got a heap lined up, haven't you, Coach K? Always, I've got it all prepared. <laughs> he goes chat amongst yourselves as he dashes out and cuts <laughs> yeah. stuff out of the newspaper. Yeah, well done. Yeah, well we'll done. decide, and and the listeners at home will decide as well uh, whether they're going to hit it or quit it. Eight four five seven seven three six seven three six, and the open line number one three hundred oh one eleven. 70. Uh, Reuben Cotter, right. You know, it was Joel Kane and, and Scotty Sattler who made this point. They said, when it comes to origin selection, he was picked last year. They said he's the sort of player that New South Wales would never pick. They'd never pick somebody like Reuben Cotter. Christian Welsh goes down early game one. Billy says, mate, I need 80 minutes. He's, I've got your coach. And he had a monster game. He had a monster series as well. I reckon they've taken a leaf. Fred Fittler has taken a leaf out of Queensland's book here with a selection of Hudson Young. One of these guys, just tireless workers, never stops. He's earned his spot. And you look at this selection scope, the first game in Adelaide, second game in Queensland, third game in New South Wales. Last thing they want to do is have to go to Suncorp Stadium to try and keep the series alive. I reckon they've thrown everything, just looking at this side that he's picked, everything at winning game one. Yeah, for sure. And you throw in Tavita Pangai Jr. into that as well, right? Because those two guys are well and truly going to go after the game. I will say the big thing about Hudson Young, a couple of years ago, he had a few, not not errors, but he had a few brain snaps in him. You, you, you go back to the, yeah, whether he's, uh, you know, poking people in the eyes or or biting, or you know, just he's, he had he had it all. He he always found a way to get in trouble on the footy field. Uh, he's really cleaned that up. Um, and you're right, he does. When when I first sort of seen him play, for whatever reason, I either thought he was a, a pommy, <laughs> Hudson Young. I don't know, maybe because he just was flushed with them. Because so because you know, and Bateman and they had all yeah. He reminded me of Bateman a lot, and yeah. then uh, and then after that, he sort of looked like a bit of a Queenslander with you know his his with style of footy. Head. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, and then obviously you've got big Corey Horsburgh in the middle. Those two don't, don't mind mixing it up. So, uh, I know Horsburgh, you know, hasn't made it for Queensland, but he'd be thereabouts as well. So they're doing a good job down there at the Raiders at, um, this next phase of players coming through the ACT. So we're counting down the sleeps of state of origin one in Adelaide. There's, you know, there's always when it, they take these games into state chat about, oh, they're not going to sell it out. Adelaide, they'll show up. If they get to 45,000, that's a benchmark. The NRL has said they'll be okay. 
Yeah. Oh, mate, if they got to give, they did in Sydney. They just chuck away tickets on the last day. Yeah, yeah, they'll find a way to, to to pack it out, won't they? They'll find a way. Are you happy with Hudson Young? You happy with Tavita Pangai Junior. and his selection in the front row? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. State of Origin. What would you have changed? Would you switch around the packs? Who's going to start for you come Wednesday night, the Saturday morning Mowers Club? Let's get the news headlines. Jill's in for the missile Saturday morning Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro, Justin Horro. The Horro Toro. Toro, yeah, that's, yeah. I just thought of that when you said that. It's, you know uh, what? They've got to be yeah. a sponsor of mine, it's, sure. It's a, match, it's a match. It was meant to be. You know, some things are written in the stars. We, you mentioned the Dolphins and the Dragons, and the less said about my Dragons, the better. Ben Hunt, he just looks like he's smiling more that he's in the Queensland camp. He's a better chance at winning, I reckon. Tommy Gilbert was missing from the Dolphins. Hammerso Tapuai for Doe. Both been in irresistible form. I, I love the selection of Gilbert. He's, he's an absolute war horse. He's got a face for rugby league too, doesn't he, Tommy Gilbert? <laughs> but the the hammer, right? It was a case, wasn't it, of you had to get him in the side somewhere. He's played a bit of centres. Is it the right spot? It's a gamble here by Billy to pick him ahead of one of the all-time Queensland greats in Dane Kagawa. Yeah, mate, uh, Jules, I, I personally, I would have, I, when I picked my team uh, before the teams were selected, I had Hammer on the wing. I think he really forced his way into the into the team. That would have been at the expense of Murray Talangi, um, who's, who had a few injuries early in the year and sort of hasn't been in that form he was last year with the Cowboys. Not personally, but maybe just the Cowboys' form played into that. And then therefore I had Dane Gagai just because of what he'd done at Origin for so long. And, look, that's been a big talking point uh, this week is, in, you know, a couple of guys that have been there and done it for Queensland in the past. They've always rewarded those guys, whether it's the Dane Gay guys. Um, Carlin Ponga was Queensland's best player last year in games one and three. And, you know, in that one than the series, um, Josh P- uh, Papali'i, yeah. he, he retired on his own accord. But, you know, he's been there for so long. So they are missing – crucial parts of that team that's been really successful two out of the last three years. Uh, so some big decisions, but I think, you know, both guys are going to go well. I really like Tom Gilbert this year. I think he's he's a guy that probably would have been thereabouts. I know he played in game three last year when there were a few injuries and suspensions, but he's really forced his way into that team. And um, yeah, he was one of the first that I picked just off the back of what they've done at the Dolphins, him and Felice Cafusi. If it wasn't for uh, suspension as well, he yeah. mind you, he would have been in there for sure. Him and Gilbert left and right. So uh, it says a lot about what Wayne's done at the Dolphins again. The concern I have right now, I understand maybe there was a bit reticent to pick Gagai and worried about his defence now that Latrell's back. It's a big ask for the Hammer, who's been dominant this year, albeit at fullback, to then line up. Although, having said that, they weren't entirely sure whether Latrell and Tom would line up at, at left and right as presumed. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance that they may switch it to them. But... You know, that is a massive ask on Hammerso Tabuai for day. And further to that, Val Holmes, who is mighty and has been for Queensland for a long time, maybe you just put that in the bin that game against the Tigers. But, I mean, he missed so many tackles. Stafford Tower beat him about five times in one play. Yeah, Billy would have been watching the Knights yeah. and <laughs> yeah, uh, and the Cowboys playing going, geez, this isn't the run I'd like rolling into uh, selections. Um, but, yeah, he's been, the, he's been that sort of player uh, Val Holmes for not the the performance against Stafford Tower, but he's been a solid defender now for a long time. Um, he's still, you know, relatively in his prime and, and getting back to his best after a stint overseas uh, for the Cowboys. So he was crucial. Um, I, I, I dare say what's played into the decision with Hamasay Tabuifito is his performance against Tommy Travojevic in 2021 in the dead rubber, where they won that in game three. Uh, Hamasay come and played centers in that game yeah. and did a really good job against Tommy. 
It's going to be a different beast again because it looks like he's going to be lined up on the right side for the Queensland team, therefore marking up against Luttrell and potentially the Fox. Um, so, yeah, that's an that's another task in itself. But, uh, I, yeah, like I said, I think his performance against Tommy Trevojevic really was a, a key in, in playing him in the centres. Do you like the TPJ, the Tavita Pangai Junior selection? Yeah, I, I, I do. Uh, in not, initially, it sort of took me by surprise, but I understand it. And what you're talking about before there, Jules, it's, this is a must win for New South Wales. They're going down to Adelaide in the second games up at Suncorp. You can't afford to be going down, to, going up to Suncorp, uh, being down one nil. Uh, so that's going to be a really tough task for them if if they don't find this find a victory in in Adelaide. And and like you said, we talked about the selections of Hudson Young and um, Tavita Pangai Junior. Got to go after the game, and and those two boys are going to go after the game. For so, sure. what, what's the instruction then for Tavita Pangai Junior? Like, because you know, Matty Johns would say he still believes in Origin having that traditional softening up period, right? So, so you've been picked for a reason. Do you just what do you tell him to do? I, I look. He's been a lot more controlled this year for sure. He's in a team uh, in a Ford pack in particular, the Bulldogs, that doesn't have many stars. He's got a lot of toilers around him, and he's he's kept himself relatively controlled. In in moments, whereas in moments in the past he sort of he's let the game get away from him, and get let frustration get the best of him. But he's been nice and controlled this year, so I think it'll just be the same sort of message from Freddie: keep doing what you're doing at club level. Obviously, you can get away with a little bit more too at Origin level. Everyone knows that. Whether it's a player, fans, referees, there's a little bit more leniency. So I dare say he's he's going to get amongst it early on in the uh, early exchanges, and and Freddie will welcome that. But, um, yeah, just keep doing what he's doing at club level and, and make sure he just doesn't have those brain snaps of probably a year a year or two ago uh, when he, you know, the game would really get away from him. Well, in Queensland, you got the two prop, Flegler and, and Collins. That might a bit of argy-bargy. Yeah, there you go. You know, it's funny you talk about Pankai Jr. and how he's kind of settled his game down. Gus tells this story. He said when he was coaching Penrith and the – he wasn't coaching New South Wales at the time. The New South Wales selectors ring and said, listen, one of your players just, you know, we just want you to arc him, get him fired up a bit. And was talking about the great MG. So he said, yeah, I'll get in his ear. He did it. MG ends up getting suspended for six weeks. So Fitler <laughs> rings Gus going, mate, Jake's out. Oh, I'm thinking about Pangai Junior. What do you want from him? He said, the last thing I want to do is get him riled up again and risk suspending him or getting himself suspended by going a bit over the top. Oh, that's yeah. a good shout. That's that's great info on that because I assumed um, – I was watching that game back, and then once the selections were, once I heard that he'd been selected, I, I thought there was a moment in the game where um, after there was a bit of argy bargy, I think it was in and around the Reed Marnie situation, or um, Tino picked someone up and they ended up in a, in a tough position. He actually picked Tino out on the first carry, someone took a carry on the second, and then he picked David Fafita yeah. out on the third. So there was a part of me thinking, uh, in hindsight, after the fact that he was chosen, maybe Freddie gave him a heads up, right? Because he's gone after Queensland's. Uh, You'd think Tino was a lock and yeah. David Favita was very close to being a lock. That maybe he had some information that he was close and and going after those players was a part of that uh, little sequence that he had. Just on Favita, named in the back row, and his form this year has been as, as good as I've seen it for a long time. Doing a lot more defensive work. It's a very different kettle of fish though in Origin. Nowhere to hide. Uh, can you see a pack switch maybe for Favita coming off? The bench. Yes, yeah. I can, and, and there maybe will be Tino starting. There on. will be changes uh, for both teams, I believe. Late in, in and around the Ford Pack, there always is uh, little mind games. Um, we talked about. I remember a couple of years ago with the positional switches of uh, Brian Toto and, and uh, Josh Adokar, where they trained on opposite mm. wings, and by the time it come to the game, 
they were on, you know, when it was a captain's run, they were on different sides. So there are little mind games that happen with the coaches in and around this time of the year. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few changes in and around the forward pack in particular. Because for Fida, you know, he's great, tucks it under the wing, probably play on, on the left edge, you know, getting fed by, by Munster. And you know how devastating he is, but, you know, this Gold Coast team is a team that, that leaks points. They'll be targeting Fafita from the get-go. They'll be running at him all night. Yeah, they will. Uh, yeah, and like you said, though, Jules, he's done a good job of that this year. I think he's really thrived with Kieran Froome being up there. He's putting him in really good positions, and therefore he's not gassing himself out. Uh, in years past, it's probably they've thrown him the ball and go, come on, create something for us, yeah. whereas – uh, with the the service he's got from foreign and therefore he'll get from Munster, it's it's a lot different. Where you like you can he's there'll be so much more trust from him that they're going to put him in the best possible position to have a good game. And then defensively, if you know it's Origin, everyone's going to get targeted and everyone's going to be gas. So he's got to be up for that, and I'm sure he will be. What about Dreamy Eyes, Reese Walsh in for Kalen Ponga? Right, see, I'm I'm a massive Ponga fan. The thing about it is, I thought about Game Three last year arguably his best game ever at any level of football, right? And Ponga strikes me, Charles, and you know better than I do, he seems to be burdened with having to be the man all the time at Newcastle, having to win the games off his own bat. Whereas at Queensland, he's got so much class around him, he's not encumbered by that. He can just play. And his class, he's so much skill and so much class, just comes to the fore. He's one of these guys that just is made to thrive at that level. I don't think it's a decision they would have arrived at lightly, but they would have looked at that game last week, got that knock early, looked reasonably innocuous. I reckon it spooked them. Yeah, it would be. Considering what happened in game three last year too, with all the that fiery exchange of 15 minutes where we lost three players, Cam Murray, Selwyn Cobbo, and one more um, from memory, uh, pardon me. But yeah, that would have played in the decision for sure. In this day and age with the HIA and and how uh, how scrutinised it is, and and how it doesn't take much for a player to be caught off the field if they if they you sort of stumbling around. So, I think that was a big part of the decision. And and then obviously you you've got also got Reese Walsh who's been in really good form. So made the decision probably a little bit easier than what it would have been last year. Seven oh eight on the text line. Hudson Young more like Hudson Dung. Who's that? He must mustn't be a fan of Hudson Young then. That's a little harsh, I reckon. Yeah, Hudson yeah. Young has earned his spot, and Young and Dung they don't go to, together as well as say Horo and Toro. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, little bit lazier there with uh, that comp. Um, yeah, not a, not a fan of Hudson Young, but I think he's done enough to to deserve, deserve a spot in the team. Uh, Western Sydney Eagle, thank you. We'll chase it up for you. Keep the text coming in. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. You're on the mowers. Welcome back, Saturday Mowers Club. Jules in for the missile. He's working on his horizontal mumbo. Sorry, his vertical mumbo. <laughs> and the Toro Horro, uh, the great Justin Horro, the scope is alongside me. 0457 736 736. The great Mary McGregor's going to join us on the program today. Mary, do you have anything to do with Mary? No, I didn't. Mary? Obviously, a, a massive fan of his. I grew up, you know, he played against my old boy in, in the 90s where he's going through that, uh, that great run. Um, nice and relaxed now. Coaching the assistant coach role—that's the go. I don't know, you know, these coaches. Being a head coach this was never for me. I enjoy this a lot better. And then being able to chat to him now, um, but being the assistant coach at, at Origin, geez, that'd be that'd be nice. There's a lot of pressure, obviously, that yeah. comes with the role as well. But um, getting around the boys and and being around all the greats. And- head coaches are gluttons for punishment, aren't they? You know, it's funny. So I was in Canberra last week. We uh, took my daughter down there for her fourth birthday to play in the snow. My son was here as well. 
And uh, we stayed at the Nova till the Manly boys were there. Yep. Uh, Jason Saab came out of the lift. He is as tall as Telstra Tower, that bloke. He is a massive human being. Hamola, you'd expect all of them, but you don't realise until you see some of them sometimes in, in the flesh because the TV doesn't always paint the picture. Yeah, not but really. You know he's tall, but he is a big individual. Yeah, Jason I reckon Saab. Saab would be about 6'6", six, six, yeah. do you think? Yeah. So I'm 6'3", I'm, I'm 190 centimetres. I think Jason Saab would be right on 200 centimetres in and around that. I remember chatting to Flano a few years ago when he was at the Dragons and he said, this Saab, and he just, he's lightning quick. Look out for this kid. Anyway, came out the lift. And, and so Seebs, who did a bit of work with us here at SEN, and, and Matty White is a good man, Seebs, and I, I had a chat with him down in the foyer on the, on the Sunday morning. And we're talking about, you know, hook and everything. So I said, mate, no. Why would you? I don't understand them until why would you want to be a head coach? He just laughed and smiled. He goes, You know, I learned in Brisbane. He goes, It's never as bad as it seems. I said, You know, I think they're just wired differently, these blokes. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to be a little bit different to want to be a head coach because there's a part of you that must, just like Steve was saying, where you must enjoy the chaos of what comes with those decisions. But also, there's, you know, the great, you know, Trying to look, the grass is green on the other side. There, are, there are so many good things. It's the locker room, right? Like when you when you finish up playing, when you retire, you get away from the game. You miss the locker room side of it, so you're still in and around the game. But also, there's the rewards. The, you know, you, when when you put in that sort of, it's a different sort of effort where you you plan for a team. And um, I'd imagine being a coach and seeing the rewards of putting together a team and getting a result um, would be, you know. Just feel just as good as being a player and getting a result as well. So I can see what the attraction is there for some of them, but it's not not for me, that's for sure. You know, you just mentioned there you missed the locker room. I could imagine these players in retirement just leaving their dirty jocks and the denker rub unopened in their bedroom, just a transition. <laughs> Still got away. the smell. Yeah, that's it. Well, let's say Marty Bella, the great Munster, who featured heavily in the, the great Tina Turner ads, which you've been seeing ad nauseum uh, at Rest in Peace, uh, yep. the Queen, of, Queen of Rock. And they said Munster was one of the biggest pests in the train. He's sort of guy that would like, you know, swap shorts around so the big bloke's putting a small shirt and cut people's underwear up. Yeah, so... To the point where the pest, it was good for a, a little joke and then it just goes too far. You get over it. He's one of those guys, man. yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had a couple of them where you the, it starts off funny and then after the third or fourth time, you're just like, yeah, give it a rest. I've had enough of that. And, and those are definitely the guys that you don't miss in the locker room, Can, that's for oh, sure. All right, name names. Who are the pests? Go, hit me. Um, I'll tell you what. I played in reserve grade. I played with the great... Jeremy Lattimore, the journeyman Jeremy he's a good Lattimore. Man, Latsy. He's he is a good man. He's and, another uh, one that got in the finance game. A lot of them get in the finance yes, game. Yes, they do. They? they do. They the connections Be- in around the, the game. Finance. Beaver just spams. Beaver, now. Timmy Manor, like <laughs> yeah, all those Timbo. boys. They they smart switched on dudes. Um, Latsy would just sort of he become he's relentless. Latsy, you know, it's, he'll keep coming at you, and and sometimes when you're just not in the mood for one of those g ups, um, it it does get a bit tiresome. But he had some good ones. Him and Jimmy Maloney. Oh, I was I played oh, reserve yeah. grade with both those two He's guys, elite, though, and oh, those two would go at each other a fair bit. So it was funny when you're on the outside, but if it didn't end up turning on you, you just yeah had, had enough of it. The text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. It was you, Tabman sixty four. Good morning, Jules and Scape Hudson. Dung is lucky he plays in Ricky's dud team. He's the best of a bad bunch. In all honesty, he would even displace a starting forward from say a fully fit Panthers team. Ooh. I think not. Although uh, Jules will disagree. What about you? What, what's yeah, I disagree. I disagree. I disagree with that. I think uh, he's a different style of play, and I think that's what New South Wales have missed. Yeah, you know? he's he's a. You know what? To be fair, with the the style of play that Ricky looks for, one I think one of the strengths of Ricky is he doesn't have uh, 
put the put the clamps on players so they're able to be a lot more free-flowing, especially their back rails. If you think of Elliot Whitehead, uh, John Bateman, Hudson Young, they do get to play a bit of footy in that position and they don't have to necessarily sit stationary on their left edge, pardon me, um, or the right edge. Um they get they get the license to go and and scheme around and play a little bit of footy. You see Johnny Bateman doing that at the West Tigers now, uh, turning up through the middle on the right edge on the left edge, and uh, with that comes a the confidence starts to build within the team, and and you're able to do a few more things. And sometimes it can get get a bit boring if you're just staying on that same edge for the entire game. Yeah, left side, right side. I remember the days, Dalsen, a little bit older than you, where centres would pass to centres. Yeah. Well, a couple of years ago, when New South Wales were going well yeah. uh, in that series, the first two games, how often did we see Tommy Trevojevic linking up with Latrell Mitchell yeah, so and then vice versa? For, for me, that, for that tips the scales in New South Wales, just those two alone. Yep. You've got elite and then you've got above that, uber elite. Funny, just before we get to the break, you said you thought Hudson Young was English. I thought Victor Radley was Australian. <laughs> there. Saturday Mowers. Welcome back to second hour of the program, the Saturday Mowers Club, thanks to the Horro Toro 100 Years, powered by 100 <laughs> Years of Innovation. The texts are starting to roll in thick and fast, 0457 736 736. And feel free to call us in the open line, 1300 011170. Jules in for James Magnuson today. He said he's uh, keeping the hips warm and dancing with the stars. Justin Scope is alongside me. Uh, Scope, well, how long did... When did that kick in, Scope, the nickname? The Scope? Oh, that kicked in 2013, my old so media not manager. That, not that long ago. No, no, relatively new, yeah. Yeah, right. Because we were dis- discussing when I was in the chair for Joel last week on Saturday Crunch Time that they needed to come up with a better nickname for Isaiah Yo than simply Yoey. They're just not trying anymore, are they? It's, uh, simple but effective, though. It gets the job done, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. The Dolphins on Thursday night defeated the Dragons 26 points to 12. Last night, the Eels over the Cowboys 24-16. A couple of games today, the Warriors and the Broncos. That's 5.30pm in Napier, followed by the Bunnies and the Raiders 7.35pm at Accor Stadium. Then Sunday is the Knights. And the Eagles. I know you're champing of the bit, Jazzy. You're excited. Only four more sleeps to State of Origin 1 at Adelaide Oval. Our next guest, 14 Origins as a player, came and bought as an assistant for the Blues in 2022. I speak of the great Paul McGregor. He's on the line right now. Yeah, speaking of the, the injuries and, and staying fresh, mate, uh, you, you mentioned it there. It was a really good performance against the Raiders. Before that, Tommy, you could see that he wasn't quite 100%. How's he been in training so far? What's his preparation? Are you sort of... Uh, dialing it back a little bit? Is, is he being full go, ready to go on everything for, for training so far? Yeah, good, good question. The, the intensity, uh, it's, it's been very high. Uh, the energy has been great, but the sessions have been short. Uh, we had a double day Thursday, Friday, uh, and Tommy done both days, uh, and he hasn't missed anything, but he knows his body best, and uh, we're really uh, leaning on him to uh, monitor himself, uh, and any time he feels that he he may not need to do something. Well, he'll just exchange there because we've got um, Critter, right? And that's his nickname yep. um, from from Penrith there at 18th. And also Nico, that's um, our utility on the bench. So we're changing in and out of a few positions. But, um, yeah, double day Thursday, Friday. Tommy got through everything. Um, so, look, he's raring to go. Um, you know, he, he's the Freddie that he's 100% and, and, and wants to get it done. So... It's a good sign. Mary, you've been talking about Hudson Young this morning. He just seems built for this arena. How's he fitting in? Yeah, he certainly is. Um, yeah, look, a, a typical type of origin player that, um, 
you know, you, you'll know everything you see um, when, once he takes that field. He is at training. So everything's at a really good pace. Uh, got a lot of aggression attached to it. Um, you know, really well built um, for an origin player, like a, a compact type of player. Uh, he runs a great line. He, um, he goes after the collision defensively. And he's fitting in great. Uh, you know, all players do at this time of the year. You bring the elite together and you only have to uh, explain things once and then they go with it. Um, you know, we're... we're um, he, he's the type of guy that um, the first five minutes will be very interesting in origin, to be honest, because <laughs> he'll, he'll, yeah. he'll want to get a taste quick, you know. So um, looking forward to that. Mate, speaking of aggression, you mentioned it with Hudson Hudson Young, another big selection, Tavita Pangai Jr. Jules was asking me, what 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 do you say to a guy like Tavita Pangai Jr. before a game like this where you know, obviously there's a lot of emotion, the first five to ten minutes, you'd know better than me, mate, you're going to be coaching her. Are you going to be saying too much to Tavita or are you just going to let him play his own game? No, what they do is the forwards really hunt as a pack, so he'll be part of that that forward pack and he's got some really good experience around there and the guys that have played the game um, multiple times at origin level have a really good chat about what the way they want to approach the start of the game. Um, Davida will be in that conversation. Uh, as, as a coach, you just got to, you know, challenge your, your high energy in the right areas. You've got to have a, an aggressive attitude and a, um, you know, outwork the opposition mindset but it's got to have control in, in it as well. And, um, you know, that's a fine line that the aggressive players uh, in the game have to really tread. Um, and sometimes you do step over it. But I'm sure to Vita, if you look at his, his last... Um, his football he's played this year and the difference between that and prior years, I think he's got really nice control in his game at the moment. Yeah. Uh, he brings a, uh, a little bit of different second phase when he hits the, the footy. Uh, defensively, uh, he's just got got to get his timing right, and that's that's everyone that takes the field. New South Wales fans, Mary, no doubt excited about having Latrell and Turbo lining up again in the centres. Uh, are we going to see them, Latrell on the left and Turbo on the right, a chance of switching it up, a, a license to roam for both of those players? Yeah, well, you will um, certainly. The, the, the pair, you know, if you go back to uh, two years ago when they did play. Um, together, Tommy was everywhere. Um, Latrell, Latrell will uh, is dominantly a left-sided player um, with a left-hand carry, right-hand fend. Uh, but because they've both been playing a busy role at fullback, you, you will see them float around the field for sure. Um, you don't want to put restrictions on talent, uh, and they're both got, they're highly talented. So um, you know they'll need to be in position in certain times. Other than that, they'll have a really uh, free reign and where they, they go themselves. Another big selection, mate. Nico Hines onto the. He's going to be playing as that utility role where he'll be able to pop up once he does get onto the field. Um, when you look at the construction of the Queensland team and what they've done so well with Harry Grant coming on for Benny Hunt, um, do you envision uh, Nico Hines playing a little bit of nine or uh, imagine maybe Cam Murray could be an option coming off the bench if you do decide to, to spell up your carousel? Yeah, well, it'll be sort of um, dictated. That, the changes on the interchange will be dictated by how the, the game's played out, um, you know, how much footy we've had, the field position we've been, um, you know, the score score on the uh, at the time. 
Nico has played some nine at training. Um, Cam Murray has played nine before, but if we do get an injury at nine, you would you would like to think Nico would be the one that goes there. Um, but he's been he's been he's a very uh, talented kid that that um, watches a lot of footy and he's got a lot of detail in his game. So he's um, he's right over every position pretty well across the side because he's that utility player. Um, and it, you know. The game will dictate who comes on and off, but we have a game plan, but we're not going to talk about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like drawing drawing blood from a stone. Uh, Tyson Frizzell, Barry, of course, you had a bit to do with him at the Dragons. I think the selection was, was mildly surprising to some. Some maybe thought that his rep career was over. What are you expecting from him? It strikes me, too, that he's so keen to get back. You know, he's got that speed, that great leg driver. What sort of role are you expecting him to play? Yeah, the selection was um, talked about openly, publicly, but if you watch his club form, it, I think he, he, his, his name couldn't go too far from being in it in mm. the South Wales side. His, his form's been outstanding for um, Newcastle. Um, he got the player of the year last year. His form this year has been, uh, you know, probably the best it's been for a long time. Uh, and look, he's he's in a really good space. Uh, you know, I've, had, I've um, coached him for five years uh, previous to him going to Newcastle and I said to him the other day, this is the best I, you look to me that you've been in a few years and he's running around training like he's 20 so um, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a good sign he knows, the, he knows the origin arena it is a different beast but he's played it plenty of times um, he's an 80 minute back rower uh, which is great for the interchange and look, I think um all the players have got a high respect for him. So, um, you know, Tyson right now I think is a great selection for this game. Yeah, I would say, mate, just off the back of that, I think it's probably the healthiest he's looked in a couple of years. I remember going back yeah. to your days, Mary, when he was playing at the Dragons. He was sort of banged up in the last couple of years there at the Dragons and then all, almost started a little bit like that at the Newcastle Knights. But really, looks he looks like he's been healthy for the last 12 months, which is obviously coincided with his form for the Knights. No, absolutely, absolutely. He's uh, he's in great shape. He's not uh, he's not on the table. He's he's not falling out of train. He's actually chasing footies and having a laugh and being jovial. Being a bit of a pest at times too. <laughs> but that's spicy. So, uh, but look at yeah. No, he's you're right. He's uh, his body's in really good shape, which is needed. You know, when you when you're halfway through a season and you're coming up to three contests that are the most physical of any game of the year. You need fit people, and um, Tyson's really fit at the minute. You just mentioned that buzzword there, pest, Mary. We've been talking about that this morning, and Justin Horace, oh, Jeremy Lattimore, pest. Jimmy Maloney, pest. All well, right, so... Jerry, Jerry, Jeremy Lattimore, number one. Is he? he was mine too, Mary. Mate, I, I played reserve grade with him, so I can only imagine what he was like when he got to first grade and, and felt like he had the runs oh. on the board. Oh, he was the coach. He was the assistant coach. He was the captain. Uh, <laughs> he played about 35 minutes. Was, <laughs> I actually ran into him. Uh, it was quite funny. We're talking. I ran into him yesterday at, at a coffee shop. He was. He went in to see Tyson, and uh, we had a good chat. I hadn't been for a while. Great man. I love that. Good fellow. So, who are the biggest pests in Blues camp? Oh. Spill the beads. Mm, well, there's a. There's a few in the grand final. Don't worry about that. Uh, but but I won't I won't spill the beans. No, I'll leave it alone. All right. What about pests? I'll leave it alone. For, what about pests for, for the opposition? In the sense, 
you know, who who do you have to get after? Who's you know, the the one that comes to mind straight away is is Cam Munster and what he's done. But um, is there anyone in particular that you sort of need to be on your game with in this series, or you know, is it obviously the big team effort that comes with with playing such a, a great Queensland side? Yeah, I think you know the the word is you know for us is about energy and outwork and opposition number that you're playing against and you know like the best players are the ones that go after the game uh, and Munster's certainly one of them guys you know and you look at their two nines they've got a great interchange between that mm. and they're both on the field at different times so they've got a running threat out of dummy half uh, they're offloaded at the back of the field they've got a lot of um, players that can play second phase which is you know Origin's a, a real contest of uh, NUM footy the ball's alive for a long time, so anything that comes out the back of a, uh, an offload is really important for us to defend. But I, I think their threat starts at dummy half, and, and obviously their kicking game, they've got a, a good right foot out of dummy half, um, you know, in, in Ben Hunt. Grant's done a little bit of it now as well, and then you've got a left footer on, you know, our right with Munster, which can channel the kick, and then you've got DC, who's their main kicker, and, and, can, and cross kicks, and they, they like to kick early, so... The big thing is about managing their kicking game and our mark has really been efficient because the threat is out of their dummy half and then any time it's quick, months is going to step up and play. Listening to Joey yesterday, Mary, talk about Nathan Cleary. He says, I don't even really have to, to coach this bloke anymore. He's won the grand finals. There's not much he hasn't done in the game. And really sort of the, the last thing he has to do to check off on his resume is is take ownership mm. of this team at origin level for the next few years. He's coming into his prime, sort of 25, uh, 26. Is there a sense that, you know, th- this is Nathan's team that you sort of build it around him? Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, he's, he's won a couple of GFs. He's been in the third. Uh, he's he's really at the top of his game and he's still only at a young age. So the ownership of a series is really important um, for a player of that uh, ability. And Nathan's a real student of the game. Um, he's first on the field, last off the field. Uh, really enjoys detail in, in the presentation of um, how we want to play and how they play. And then he owns that. So now it's about owning it in a in possibly the best arena uh, there is in, in State of Origin. Um, so is he ready? Yeah, oh, absolutely. He's ready for it. Um, it's just about now going out and doing it with the actions. But, um, you know, he's, he's a, he'd be good to coach the club, and You wouldn't have to do too much. He's, he's pretty bloody good. Well, speaking so, to, um, sorry, Mary. Sorry. So, sorry, mate. I was speaking to Clubling, mate. The, there was a bit of conjecture around media about who was going to partner him at six, whether it was going to be Nico Hines who finds himself on the bench or Jerome Luai. What's it like being around those two guys in, in camps? Because it feels like they seem like they're, they're the polar opposites in, in terms of players, not only players but personalities, but it just meshes together so well. Yeah, I think I think Jerome is a, uh, an intense player um, and he likes just controlling what he needs to control and let Nathan control the team. Um, and he, he knows he's good enough to step up if he needs to take over at any one time, but um, quite comfortable just to really manage his, his, his edge. And he, he likes to take, the, take them on. So he, he's, a, he's a running six um, in, in and amongst when he plays with Nathan. 
changed up a little bit when he went over and played in the World Cup with Samoa, mm. um, where he played that more of a dominant seven role. So it was really good to see that because he, he handled that as well. But as a person, mate, he's just got energy, um, excitement. It's loud around him <laughs> because uh, he's got a boombox hanging off his shoulder most times. <laughs> but, um, Sponsored as well. Look, it's, yeah, look, it's, it's you know, again, um, they're coming from a, you know, the Penrith boys are coming from a very successful team uh, over over a long period of time now. And um, they bring that sense of um, you know, knowing what needs to be done. Uh, and that's really important when you bring guys together for a short period of time. Mary, been very generous with your time this morning. Thank you so much for joining us on the Saturday Mowers Club. All the best in camp and all the best for Wednesday night. All right, guys. Thank you. Cheers, Mary. Here is uh, Paul. Mary McGregor, 14 Origins as a player and a New South Wales assistant coach for the Blues in 2022. So, you know, he revealed a bit, didn't show his Yeah, some very good insight. Yeah. But he's, he's a good man, Mary McGregor. But I love what he had to say about Tyson. This is the thing. You watch him closely at Clubland. He's been great. And, and your observation was bang on. He did look a bit bashed up by the end of his his tenure at the Dragons. But I remember Benji saying when he was at St. George of Lawara, he said, Tyson is lightning fast. Before lightning fast. Ty- Tyson Frizzell to play against. Remember that chase um, a few years ago? He yes. Him, yeah. yeah. He, to play against. I remember he was sort of coming through the grades when I was playing. Started and then obviously the Sharkies, I think, kicked the on. Year. Yes, he was yeah. at the Sharks to begin with. He was always a problem. as just... Uh, just learning how to play big minutes. And he's well and truly done that. Now, uh, by the time I'd left or, or was leaving the NRL, he'd solidified himself as one of the best back rowers. I guess that's a part of coaching that we are talking about before, that you don't – the rewards of, you know, a position that Mary's in now as assistant coach or, you know, with coached, coached Tyson Frizzell for five years and understand how hard a player works to get themselves in a position like this because it is very rewarding to put in all that work and find yourself in the toughest arena – uh, especially after missing a couple of years as well. So yeah. he must be super proud of him. He said, came back again. Because I wonder if Tyson ever thought, gee, my rep career might be over here. And it must have crossed his mind at some point. Gets picked, and as Mary said, he's so grateful that he feels like he's the 20-year-old in camp again. Yeah, well, he, I think I sent a few comments. He was a bit surprised to get picked himself, yeah. which says a lot about his humility as well because Mary's right. It's been spot on. He's been one of Newcastle's best now for the last 18 months. He's ultra consistent. The results haven't been there for Newcastle, but his performances have been. Rooster man, would love to see Mary back as a head coach. I oh, don't know. I think assistant might be his go now. A bit less. No, he's got no more hair to lose, mind you, Mary McCrigger. All right, the yeah, nahs, get them in. We're going to do that after the break. Anything that gets under your skins, the things that people do that you realise they really, really shouldn't do. I've got a couple of good ones. Okay. Can I, uh, can I give a teaser, Coach K? Do we have to get to the break? So 0457 736 736. Tech us in now. Call us as well, 1300 01 1170. The Year Nars. Get your nominations in for the Year Nars. I had one this morning on the way in. So I pulled into the petrol station. I'm waiting at the at the Bowser. Because you know some petrol stations are really big, but they've only got about three or four Bowser. So I'm waiting. The person goes in and pays at the I'll be done. Because I I'm on the my petrol tank is on the, the right side. And they get back to the car. They go into the car. Take all the junk out, bit it. All right. Then they get the squeegee out and start squeegeeing the windscreen. I'm thinking, you couldn't pull over to the side. You've already paid and do this over there, but you've got to make me wait another five minutes because you've decided to dump all your crap in the bin and clean your car 
while somebody's waiting. It is discourteous, and I don't like it, Justin. Yeah, we, uh, normally you'd like to see that probably happen before. Is that is that the normal rotation of it that you get into I it before? Because reckon... then once you know you get the uh, start filling up the petrol, it's an indication of people. Because if you can see him playing your car, you yep. can go. All right, that, they're going to be an extra five minutes here. I'll yep. go find myself another spot. Correct, correct. But, but if you do it, paid. if you do it in the reverse the order, way. yeah, get going. Yeah, all right. Get you in it, you know, yeah, there, there. Try that again. Get your ear nars in one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. That free call the open line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Saturday mowers. Thanks to Toro. Welcome back, Saturday morning mowers club. Jules in for missile today, and we've got uh, Justin Toro Horo, powered by hundred years of innovation. Doesn't look a hundred. He looks uh, remarkably good for his age. Oh, 100's not old if you're a tree, Justin. Just think about that. That's correct, uh, Jules. I'm feeling 100 after Bub didn't sleep last night. But, uh, yeah, it's, we're powering through just like the Toro Miles. You know what? I've been there. I've only got two. I know, you know people that my grandmother had six and mum had four. I just – I feel for you. I really sympathise for you. And every now and then the wife says, oh, should we have another? And I think about that period of just – no sleep for the basically the first years are right off and said I can't do this again. Yeah, well she's been good up until now, but she's just going to start going through the teething process. Uh, last couple of nights, it, she knows I've had a, a couple of a big night of calling the footy and then an early mornings coming up. So she's picking and choosing her time as well. She's uh, she's looking at getting after me and, uh, and always testing me, which I like. It's starting early. The other thing too, they they tend you know just as you're nodding off here. Eh. They they got a knack of just timing it perfectly, don't they? Yeah. Well, yeah. the one where you, you're patting him, you got him to sleep, him, and as you just put them down into the little Moses basket or the cot or whatever you got them, yeah. they wake. It's like this is delicate e- equilibrium, you know, where your head goes five degrees in the wrong direction, and then boom, they're up. Yeah, the old uh, the old spit the dummy. Uh, she does. She's been doing that the last couple of nights, and. Um, yeah, she's definitely keeping me on my toes. It's been a really good five, five and a half months uh, up until now, but she's just starting to get into it. So I uh, appreciate in all stages, no matter what. Oh, that's great, mate. Change your life for the bit. Hard work. Hardest thing you do, best thing you do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's the um, it's the ultimate reward, isn't it? And, uh, you know, every day you get you get to wake up next to her, you're obviously super grateful. So you take me good with the bad, that's for sure. 0457 736 736. Let's do this. Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. So I gave you my teaser. People at petrol stations, they pay, and then they decide to spend another five minutes squeegeeing the windows and, you know, clearing out all the, the Macca's wrappers and the rest and dumping in the bin. So that, that's fine if you want to do that, but don't hold up a line of people trying to fill up their car. Mm, yeah, take it into the car sp- the parking spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, chuck it, you know, park it next to where the, the, the air pressure, the tyre yep. pump is if you have to. Get out of the way. Yeah, it's a height of rudeness. I tell you what, a lot of your nars uh, come from. I will say, come from uh, road rule etiquettes, and I know it's not. We're not on the road, but it, often it's involving cars. Um, and I, I think a big thing is time. You know, taking people's time. A lot of the nars come from people who want to get on, want to get on with life, and and doing things the right way, and, and making sure you're not getting the way, getting in the way of anyone else. Text from Ballina. Uh, boys, to touch on Jules's year now, my year now is petrol stations without the attendants that either clean your windows, check your oil, or fill your car up, bring them back, abolish the issue of taking to You're showing your age, Text from Ballina. Well, wow. uh, I'm, I'm old enough to remember, and they were going out, but you had your driving, yeah, how much do you want? Uh, 50 bucks, you know, boom, you pop it, and they squeeze your window, just pop the hood for me, they'd pull the dipstick out. Now that, that is, you know, that was service back in the day. Yeah. Well, I never well, got that. So yeah. I'm what I'm born in 86. I yeah. uh, started, so what would a 2002, 2003? Yeah, I would have, they would have had them, but you'd have been young, too young to remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. 
But that's right. They used to have service stations attendance. So you'd pay a bit more, yep. probably a few extra cents in the litre, yeah, because little it tip. was a service as opposed to self-service. Yeah. Yeah, those were the days. I see it on the movies every now and again. Like in the States, I think it's still um, – it might be something that happened over there because I've watched it on movies where there's attendance, mm. but I've, I have can't remember – you know, ever as a kid having an attendant for uh, for the petrol station. Yeah, so armour all the tyres as well. How good is that? That's a good one. Oh, John, you like this one, Joseph. My year now is people born and bred in New South Wales going for Queensland. That's a big one. Mm. And that's a big one. That's got to go both ways, right? But for, for whatever reason, there always seems to be more people from New Zealand who go for uh, – New South Wales, sorry, who go for Queensland where it's – not necessarily, I don't know, maybe because we're in New South Wales and we've got, you know, more mates in this area, but you don't really hear a Queenslander that goes, a born and bred Queenslander that goes for New South Wales. No. Uh, it maybe has something to do with that historic period that they had with a lot of, you know, some of these kids or you know, people in their uh, mid to early 20s that sort of grew up in that origin dominance of the Billy Sliders and Jonathan Thurston. So they follow their heroes. So they go for Queensland not because it's the state but because they had their favourite players. Correct. Maybe, you know, favourite players that they had at club level. Um, But it just doesn't make sense for me. I'm a Kiwi, so I'm very neutral. I moved to New South Wales at a young age. But um, origin doesn't get me like it does when when Test Footy's on and the Kiwis doing the hucker playing playing Australia. But – um, yeah, I just couldn't imagine being born in New South Wales and going for Queensland. No way. Well, I see. I live in New South Wales now, and I consider myself a New South Welshman. I was actually born in Brisbane, and okay. then my family moved to Darwin for sort of six, seven years. So, when Origin started and on it, my brother would listen to it and follow the results. So he grew up saying, "Oh, well, we lived in Queensland. Um, you should go for Queensland." Oh, okay, right. So we moved to New South Wales, and because we came from Darwin, which was sort of neutral territory, we moved to New South, and it stuck. So I still go for Queensland, as strange as that sounds. So what age did you move to New South Wales? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah, so there's... I didn't, I didn't know the game of rugby league. Yeah, but you were I'd just never, told as a kid. I'd, yeah, I'd never watched it. But yeah. uh, if State of Origins did this thing, and he says, oh, you should go for Queensland. So yeah, right, because yeah. I had probably more an affiliation with... Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But bo- well, the, the born and bred your, ones. Thank you for your rational understanding of yeah. this, Justin Horrow, because I get shouted out, this is an outrage. You've been leaving me here, the bulk of your car. So, well, no, I didn't. I don't jump. It's for me. It's like going for a, a team rather than a state. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, you, and you haven't jumped on the bandwagon and and followed New South Wales after living here for so yeah, long. Picked a decent time, mind you. Your original to, team, to Queensland. Uh, keep those ENRs coming in. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Justin's going to regale us with a wonderful one after the news headlines. Saturday, mowers. Thanks to the Horro Toro Jules in for the missile today. Rooster Man says on the text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Boys, a year now. If you can't handle it, don't drink it. To the guy that oh dear, vomited all over himself on the train last night, yeah, nah. It was nuclear and a chunk hit my shoe in oh. seat before you flip it up. Hey, Kay, hit us a yeah, nah, please. Yeah, nah. Oh, that's horrible. Very uh, very graphic there, Rooster Man. It, uh, have you ever done the one you get into the train or the bus late at night and sort of it's busy but it's like – these spare seats at the back. How come no one's sitting there? You go and there's just a puddle of vomit. You go, yeah. That's why people aren't sitting there. It, the, you can smell it as soon as you get in the bath. It is horrible. Speaking about smelling it, you can. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about people that have had a little bit too much before either a big race day. I remember back in the day festivals when you get there yeah. and you're walking in. As you're walking into the races, you can already see people. They're preloaded, haven't they're, they? They're, they're done already, especially the big Melbourne festivals where they might have had too many pre-drinks and gone a little bit too hard, got a little bit too excited, and you can see – 
uh, you know, maybe someone like the Rooster Man seen on the train last night, early, in, early at the races. That is not an uncommon play, though, is it? Because you go to these festivals and go, oh, well, I'm dropping 12 bucks a bourbon or something like that, so I'll just load up at home yep. and save myself a bit of coin in the process. That's it. It, it is horrible. Try to sing uh, as much as you can. Well, I hope, Rooster Man, you manage to get your shoes cleaned. Um, there always tends to be a bit of carrot in these sorts of things, don't they? It's all, oh. all the colours of the rainbow. The upchuck. I'd venture to say there's no worse smell of anything emitted from the body than, than a vomit. Yeah. It's, you know, it's contentious, but it is just awful. Yeah, yeah. nothing that comes out of the body. Um, That's a fair point. That's a fair, it, yeah. it normally smells all right, mate. Rooster man, I pity you, my friend. Oh, I've got another one too for you, Justin, uh, and it is car related. So you know you go to the car parks, right, and you see somebody get the trolley, they're going back to the car or whatever, they're shopping, and they load up and you go, beautiful. So you flick your indicator on, you're waiting for them to leave. They spend forever loading up the car. They see you waiting. And then they shut the boot, they turn around, and they look at you and they shake their head and wave. Oh, no, I'm not going. They want to go back and do more shopping. You couldn't have told me that like four minutes ago. Yeah. You just made me wait with my indicator on while all these cars are going past me, probably snapped up some other spots. That's a big so one. Put me down. That does That's so head. common too, that yeah, one, for whatever yeah. reason. I feel like I've been in that position multiple times. Oh, they blink it. They don't see you. I don't think they don't. I just, they choose not to see you. So go ahead. You're waiting. Straight away, if somebody puts the indicator or that, excuse me, you're leaving. No, no, sorry. There you go. Let them go. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's a little bit in it with some of them as well, where I think some people enjoy uh, that that little weight that you've got to have to then therefore be knocked back. So that's yeah, a big yeah, for me as you well. You know the other thing that does my head in car parks? You know, a lot of them have like the lights above the, the spot. So red means from green means either spot's empty. So you're driving, you see this one green, you go, you beauty. You go up there, but it's like a motorbike in there or a little yeah. car that's parked too far back. <laughs> or there's a car and the, and the system's just busted. Yeah, the system's busted. It's false hope, isn't it? It's it's really, really disappointing. But that, I'm sorry, but again, back to this this lack of courtesy. If you're not going to move your car, just tell them straight, no, sorry, mate. Yeah, no worries. Yep. Yeah. Here we go. We've got a text in as well there, Jules. Boys, I'm in my early 20s, and there is still one service station here that provides the service. Where's uh, that? Where well, is yeah, that? Can you let us know that, uh, that we don't have a name for the text? But, uh, 117. i one, one, seven. Let us know where that is because, uh, yeah, I can't remember seeing one in my time. Uh, so maybe is, is it more is, – would it be more common in the countryside, do you think? Poss- or possibly. Where it's it's a little bit more laid back, not as many – Everyone as knows traffic. everyone. Yeah. You know everyone's name. Because uh, yeah. you don't really see it. Obviously, in the, in the busy – you know, if you're in the Sydney area, you can't imagine um, there being service in and around those ones where <sighs> well, there's so much, much money traffic. Now. They yep. don't want to pay people to do that full time. But it was not. And, and you know what? My, my late grandmother, God bless you, she'd take her 1985 laser into one of those. She'd pay the extra four or five cents per litre so she didn't have to get out of the car. And on the rainy days, it was so worth it. Just pop there for you, Dub. No worries. Look, 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 look. How much? You know, 30 bucks worth of super. The leaded leaded petrol back in the day, pop your hood. Oil's a bit low. Can we top it up? And they just have these canisters of oil. They just top up your oil. That makes sense for the elderly. If you're a little bit older and, and, uh, you know, you're not not moving around as as well as you used to in your younger years. So it does make a little bit more sense for the elderly, for sure. So 117, uh, text us back and let us know where this servo is. We'll give them a plug. Because service is a dying art in this country, as you know. Nathan says, uh, lads, in my opinion, Cam Murray and Isaiah were very similar in attack. I feel having both of them at the same time doesn't give New South Wales as much in terms of meter readers. As I said, just my opinion, I'd love to hear yours. Yeah, I'll, I'll, actually, I don't mind it. And, and, they, and they are similar in the sense, and that's why I think uh, with the selection of Tavita Pangai Jr. So when you when Jakey Javoyevich was ruled out through injury, uh, rather than putting 
another middle that can play that style of footy. You, you can have Cam Murray on the bench who can cover a number of roles. He can play edge. He can play middle, obviously. And then with what Isaiah Yo does at club level, he can play 80 minutes with relative ease at the club level. But Origin's a different beast. So maybe it just gives him the flexibility to give him a spell for 20 minutes where he can really front load his energy, uh, have a 30-minute stint, have a bit of a break. Cam Murray might not necessarily come on for Isaiah Yo uh, directly, but then he might come on for a middle and do that you know, punching behind uh, the ruck sort of um, role. And then once Isaiah goes off, then he can take over that role and be training in that position as well. I'll be fascinated to see how they use Cam Murray. You know, a couple of years ago, they talk about how successful he was on an edge targeting day for feeder. He's he's a middle guy, but, you know, coming off the bench, they'd love his fast feet when those Queensland Mm. forwards start to tire. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a dummy half at some stage as well. Yep. Um, 0457-736-736. Richie, what is it to wound Bay? Uh, the Liberty, Bay. just as you're going to Bal- – ah, okay, so 117. So this service station server, the Liberty, just as you're going into Ballina over the West Ballina Bridge. Okay, there yeah, you absolute, go. Absolutely, uh, Michael. Good North on you, Coast. Uh, home of the big prawn, Ballina. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tawoon Bay. Richie, I'll check. I think I know the one you mean. Is that the one on um, Bay Road? It looks like a really old school sort of couple of surf. You know, the old ding, ding, ding. They, yeah. you know, they, they tick over and, and you know the mechanic's name because I my family have a little holiday place in Tawoon Bay. We go up there uh, a few times a year. So I'll be sure to pull in there next time, Richie. Thank you. So there's one at Tawoon Bay, one in Ballon. Does anybody know of any more service stations around the joint that still do service where they fill it up for you? Squeegee the windows, check the oil. Because we'll give them a shout out. Yeah, 0457 736 736. The mowers, thanks to Toro. <laughs> You're a very funny man on the text line, 206. JK, when you think you have a parking spot and see there's a motorbike in there, it's a bit like following St. George Lawara. I get what you're saying, the parallel. It's like it gives you that, that faint glimmer of hope, doesn't it? You think, oh, just, just that, that brief glimmer of hope, and all of a sudden you just get let down. You get let down. Uh, Clubhouse leader on the text line today. Thank you, 206. Saturday, Mowers, Jules, and Justin Horro. Keep the text rolling in. 0457 736 736. Let's catch up with our great mate Tristan Merlihan from Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi gamble responsibly. is on the line right now. Hello, Sir Tristan. G'day, boys. How are you going? Going very well. A couple of games in the NRL today. You know, the funny thing is, uh, sort of dominated by Origin Talker, and my team got munted on the Thursday night. So the less said about this round 13, an abbreviated round 13, the better. But we do have a couple of games on today. Warriors and the Broncos, Rabbitohs and the Raiders. Of course, the Warriors coming off the bye. The Broncos losing five to Warrington. Yeah, it's been a tricky weekend of price. And this game is none other where the uh, the Broncos are back to the baby Broncos days where they got a lot missing. The Warriors are $1.44. The Broncos are $2.80 and 7.5. And, and that line hasn't moved at all since we opened it, which is uh, interesting. But the other game, the next game, has seen a big move towards the Bunnies where okay. the Raiders opened up slight favourites. And now it's $1.70 South Sydney, two fifteen Canberra, and 2.5 is the line there. That's fascinating, of course. Damien Cook going to play. Campbell Graham has been ruled out, but the big in two for the money is Kian Kaloma Tung. So all the money now coming for the Rabbitohs. That, that's a hard one to pick, actually. I'll probably steer clear of that game. Uh, we've got some big racing today at Eagle Farm, of course, headed by the Group 1 derby. Yeah, we've got two Group 1s there at Eagle Farm. We've got best of the best back for all the punters. And the Derby sees Kovalika, $1.90 into $1.80. We're top odds in the marketplace. We're prepared to take it on. We think there might be a little upset in this race. So ah. like Kovalika can jump on at the $1.80. But we, uh, we're looking at a few of the other runners in the race. Number two, the Vows, has been 15 into 11. Like and it. Promises kept 8.50 into 7.50. Where's your money there, Jules? Oh, I like value in the Vows. Uh, Kovalika, very short, though. I mean, it's a great partnership, isn't it? Waller McDonald, but... 
Yeah, for value, I like the Vowels number two. Don't and keep an eye on number 14 right down the bottom fame. It's been 71 into $16. One of the biggest goes I've seen in a race like this wow. for a long time. So a bit of smart money at the real big price. Fame. Do you remember that song from the 80s, Tristan? Fame, I want to live forever. Irene Cara, I think, did that, didn't she? She did Flashdance and Fame, I'm pretty sure. Someone will be playing if they got on at the 70s and it lobs them, tipping later on the Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could afford to live forever if they load up on phone, but it is the big market mover. And what about the other group one? The other group one is the Kingsford Smith. It's a very, very even race for the favourites, the 11. Think about it. It's been $6 into 5 Solana, though, has been the big move, $12 into seven fifty. And Rothfire, it's, uh, it's, it's shown good form this prep. It's eight fifty into seven fifty. I think it's worth a little spec each way at the $7.50. Mm. Any love for Eduardo? Eduardo's went 15 into 13 so yeah, okay. uh, it's, it's got to improve a little bit. We know, it, we know it's a very classy horse. Yeah, indeed. Before we let you go, Tristan, uh, service stations that actually have attendance that fill up your petrol, squeegee the windows, check the oil, do they still exist on the, on the beautiful Gold Coast? Uh, there's a couple of them around. If Fame lobs, I might be there. Uh, be there tomorrow morning. Um, <laughs> you could buy a service station, couldn't you? <laughs> you know, I'd make the drive. I'd make the drive up just to have you squeegee my windows, mate. <laughs> I do a pretty good job, I think. Good on you, mate. Thank you, Tristan. <laughs> there you go. There is Bye. Tristan Merlehan from Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Download the Top Sport app today. Gamble responsibly. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit Gambling Help Online. Org. A Wesley Service Centre. There's another one. Thank you for that. Um, 530. So another one at Wesley. So we're, we're trying to find servos that have service station attendants that fill it up for you and clean your windows because they're a dying breed. But if there are and you're out in the area, by all means, check in. Keep people gainfully employed and, you know, have a throwback to the days where service actually meant something. Yeah, you're right. Sorry there, Jules. Um, it is a it, service... Person-to-person service is probably going to be a dying art. We're looking at all this AI and everything that you can do online and making life so easier. But there is a a certain feel of comfort when you get good person-to-person hospitality service. It still does go a long way. What about those that, that complain about the self-service checkouts at the supermarkets, the point where – I think Miss I might have mentioned this the other week where you, you, know, you scan through the – the, the nice Roma tomatoes is just the general vine ripe. So you save a few bucks a kilo here or there. You know, <laughs> you know scan the grapes through the apples or something like that, well, which is very unethical, very dishonest. We're not discouraging our listeners. We're not encouraging our listeners to do that, rather. Yeah, well, speaking of uh, uh, easier services these days, one of my mates, uh, he's not a fan of going to the QR codes at uh, cafes now. Can't so, stand it. Um, you, you sign up to the you, – you put you put your phone and, and you, you do the QR code and therefore you're able to do your order and it makes it a lot easier. Therefore, you know, the waiter doesn't have to come over and, and all they do is bring out the food. Um, but what, what ends up happening is you get signed up to a newsletter as well and you start getting flogged yeah. with all these emails and, and that's how they – Unsubscriber. And how many times have you clicked unsubscribe and you're still getting fed the stuff? Yeah. So, I, I don't, I don't understand how that works. But yeah, they put you on a mailing list. That's what they do. That's it, how they get you. Yeah. Well, the we was at a Japanese restaurant. We did it, and then we didn't get the order right. And it's actually quite hard to undo. That's the thing. Oh yeah. no, I hit the gyoza. I meant to, or, or whatever. Or I only hit one Asahi beer. Wanted to get two. Excuse me, mate. And you had to call. It, and that was really difficult. Yeah, I suppose if you put in the wrong order with the waiter, there's a there's a little bit of uh, indecision, or you can you can almost go, oh, it could have been the waiter's fault. But when you're typing it in and, and it comes back, the information yeah. comes on your phone where you're like, oh no, you didn't order that. Here we go, we've got it, we've got the information right here. So, 
no room for error. But what if you want to pay cash? I think I think there's an option to pay. Um, you can put in that option to pay. You're on the Marwas. Welcome back. Final hour of the Saturday Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro Mowers, powered by 100 years of innovation. Jill's in for missile today. Justin Horro is alongside me. The text line number 0457 736 736. We'll get back to your text in a moment because, uh, Scope, we've got a very special guest on the line. 292 top grade appearances in the NRL. 24 tests for Australia. 13 origin appearances for the Blues. He'll be champing at the bit for Wednesday night. I speak of your, I won't call me your better half. I'll call me your equal. My co-host, your but co-host. I call, I call him, him Jules. I call him the OG because he's been there, done that, done it at the highest arena, and, and just like Origin, mate. So it's obviously uh, very grateful to have my partner from Levels Network on, uh, Willie Mason. Hello, OG. How are you guys? You good? Very good, OG, uh, mate. Ju- Ju- uh, sorry, mate. Where's uh, did um did I hear that the missile was missing? Where is he? Dancing with the stars, Willie. He's shaking the Six foot five and full of sequence. The day you see me on Dancing with the Stars sitting there getting critiqued by someone from my cha-cha is the day I've given up <laughs> I think Mace, Mace has said he's had a, a few good nights out with the missile before, so maybe he thought missile was feeling a bit crook this morning, not not on Dancing he's with the good, Stars. He's a good man, missile. He's, he's a Bulldog good. supporter as well. Port Macquarie boy, good man. Yeah, how good. Hey, Mace, um, Jules was asking me before, but you know better than anyone. He was asking me about Tavita Pangai Jr., uh, what sort of – um, information would you be given if you were in and around Blues camp? We had Mary McGregor on before the assistant coach for the Blues. What sort of information would you be given to Davida before the game, or are you just happy to just let him go out there and, and do what he does best? Well, you've got to give him some sort of information. You can't sit there. I mean, with some vets, you know, just say with, uh, you know, Teddy, you're not really going to give Teddy that much information, are you? Because he's played 15 games. But it's, this, this kid's a rookie. He's never been out in that arena. It's a totally different arena. So he needs to understand that. So, you know, just talking to him, I've, I've had plenty of words um, all week to talk to him, just say, look, it's just another level above. It's exactly how you play. You know what I mean? Like iron sharpens iron. He's, he's playing with the best of the best. And I said, it'll, it'll test you. It will test you everything. You know, those inside balls when you think you're going to clock off, it'll happen. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like Walsh will be there. These Queenslanders are a different breed when they get that jersey on. There's no friends. And he has that already. He has no friends on, on the field anyway. So he has that mentality. Just let everything out. They're going to start him. He's going to be aggressive as well. So you get away with a little bit more on Origin, which is exactly how he mm. plays. He's, he's a red liner. He'll sit there. He'll mm. teeter on like him, getting, <laughs> nearly getting sent off and, you know, a high shot. I said, don't let that slide. I said, you'll handle it physically. It's the mental part. Yeah. It just doesn't stop. It does not stop for 80 minutes. So prepare yourself. If it's 40 minutes, if it's 50 minutes, it's first 20 Go all out, empty the tank, and just don't leave anything in there. And take yourself, you've got to take yourself to a dark place. You hear a lot of forwards say that, David Dearest, all that. You take yourself that dark place where you've got to make that origin, that origin run, that origin moment. You've got to make your own origin moment. You know what I mean? So there's little things like I just And I said, look, it's fast as hell, and it just doesn't stop. So whatever the fastest game you've played in, kids, double it, and then it's just that for 80 minutes. Mace, just, just looking at the side that they picked, a, a strike back line, uh, TPJ, we mentioned Hudson Young in there, sort of a foil for that. Uh, having a look at that selection, what sort of game are you expecting? Because uh, Jazz and I were saying it, it's almost like they're putting all their eggs in one basket, going hard because they've got to win in Adelaide because they don't want to have to save the series in game two in Queensland. No, you don't. You want to get down there. You want to ambush them down there. Like game one, it's hard to predict this game one. You know, like we've seen some blowouts in game one, game two. So... You know, they're going to play that game. They picked a very mobile, physical side. 
Now, TPJ is a very physical person. Him and Payne Hart, they work good together. Now, look at that bench. If you've got Angus, I mean, um, Liam Martin and uh, Cam Murray off the bench, they can plug and place very well. You know, TP can even drop back to the back row. You've got Isaiah Yo, you've got Cam Murray in the lot. Everyone can play big minutes and everyone can play everywhere along the field there. And then, you know, you've got Nico Hines who can play everywhere. Like, like mm. what if Nico Hines can play lock easily? If if it, if they, if any if, you know you got to you got to put in the coaches really need to understand like HIA is here and it happens and it happens in Origin you know you know you're bound to get a head knock and one kid could uh, you know an Isaiah Yo could be out or one of your big guys like Cam Murray or some they could be gone for the whole game Nico Hines could slide in there easy that's why he's there that's probably why he got the nod over Cookie Mace you, you know, told Sorry, mate. Are you finished, Mace? Sorry, mate. Mace, you told yeah, one of the sorry. great yarns on our podcast, Levels Network, um, about the story with Gordon Tellis and and the mind games that come with that, right? So, Gordy gets after you, you're a young pup, uh, and trying to yeah. throw you off because he's seen you as a threat. You're, you're looking at the Queensland team. If you're playing for New South Wales now, who are you trying to throw off in that pack? Is there someone in particular that that you'd like to get after, or or is it like you know someone in the back? I'd like I'd like to get after Flegler. Like just say like I'd like to see yeah. Kane Hart go after. I'd like to see Paynehurst go after Carrigan and Flegler because that'll set the standard for the rest of that team. They're like, shit, Paynehurst is going over after his own boys. This is no rules. We're, yeah, all, we're all in. Yeah. We're all in. So if, if Paynehurst needs to own Origin, this is the only level he hasn't owned. And I'm looking forward to it. I told, I told on the Levels podcast, I'm like, he's my man for like Wally Lewis medal. He needs to really stamp his authority say, look, I'm the best forward in the world. I'm going after like that Kobe Bryant when he went after Paul Gasol in yeah. that um, Olympics. He's got to set the standard really early. Go up. He's a very, very mild mannered kid, Payne. But if you see that happening, and if you're Payne, and if you're TPJ, and if you're Hudson Young, you're like, wow. All right, we're going. No yeah. rules. Yeah. It's like Artie on the Crow, Origin One, the Parramatta exactly. team. Bang, so, just clocks him. Of, yeah. You really just got to go, and 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 that epitomizes the whole of Origin, right? That stand that that was the standard. Mate versus mate, state versus state goes back to when when Artie hit Mick Cronin. It all started from there. So I'd love to, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see him go at it. You know, it's interesting you're talking about the bench. Gus once said when he's picking Origin teams, he almost picked his bench first, right, and then built it because yeah. who do we need if somebody goes down, as you said, Mace, after 30 seconds or one minute or whatever, who could potentially play 80 or who's a game breaker? So you know, Bedsy does 30 tackles. You know, get Craig Wing on that sort of thing. Uh, do you like mm-hmm. the makeup of this bench compared to Queensland? Queensland's bench is very strong too. I might add. They are very strong, but I like I like our we're we're more balanced. Yeah, you know, if you can have Cam Murray, Cam Murray and Liam Martin were two starting back roles for our Australian team. They're on the bench for New South Wales, so understand that. At the end of, end of last year, they were our two best. Well, actually, Cam Murray was and Angus. So Angus Crichton was on starting left back row, wouldn't he? So you know, he's he's, he's a top seventeen player in the world, and we've got those two guys on our bench. So I think we just have a bit more versatility, and they're very tough players. It's not like you have got these guys; they want they want all the fancy stuff. Lee Martin's a dog. Hmm. Yeah, Mace. We're talking about the forward packs there in the bench. Uh, you know, you played in some really good teams with some really good backlines, but imagine having. Tommy Trevojevic and, and Latrell Mitchell in the centres where you get those guys, you, we were talking about it right at the start, me and Jules, where I think it was Teddy took play one, then Turbo took play two, then Teddy took play three, and, and then Turbo took four in 2021. Jeez, it'd be nice to have a couple of backs like that uh, carting the ball up and, and almost playing like extra forwards in, in this day and age. Mace. We lost him. <laughs> 
you've gone bye-bye. That's, That's right. Some really good insight there from yeah. the OG. We'll uh, let him go, the OG. He can't talk, can't he? He's, mate, he's the best. And because he's got such good footy IQ, that's the, the beauty of what we're doing at Levels Podcast, Levels Network. Um, I love doing that stuff with Mace because every episode I'm finding out new new little bits. Uh, the story the other day, we what I was alluding to with Mace, he had an interaction with Gordy Tellis that I'd never heard from Mace. I've known Mace for like 10, 15 years. Yeah. And he tells this story about Gordy Tellis telling him he's not ready, even though they'd played together for Australia, leading into that origin. They got to the scrum and he said, you're not ready for this boy. And I, like Mace has got all these sorts of stories. He's literally been there at every level. So I appreciate him calling in. He's uh, my partner at Levels, uh, Levels Network, Levels Podcast. So uh, it's big getting Mace in. And, and that, that's the sort of insight you get when you, when you get Mace on. You know, it's funny. It's funny. I think it was Mark Coyne. Sorry, no, it was Brad McKay told the story about Origin Camp. He says, "Oh yeah," and we in the Queensland. I think it was Brad McKay. Walk. They go for their Origin walks, their morning walks, and the Queensland team were doing it as well. So Cordy's one of my good mates. We, we're tight. We played all these years together at the Dragons. So I walked past. Hey, Cordy. I didn't look at him. Brushed him. Ignored him like he didn't even exist. I said that was a Queensland mentality. Imagine your bestie, then your opposition don't even give him the time of day. Yeah, not even home hey, anyway. Well, that's no. the beauty of Origin, right? My state versus state, mate versus mate. Um, Mace is just texting me, asking me what happened. It just cut out. It must have been the phone. It was, he's saying it from his end as well. He's texting me. It just cut out. So I cut out from our end, but. Um, yeah, he, he used to talk about his relationship with Nate Miles. Um, those two went head to head. They were teammates at, at Bulldogs early on, and became, they were really good friends. But whenever it come time to Origin, uh, he would have a bit of a target on Nate Miles because you know that's that that's what sort of brought out the best in him. Uh, Cookie from Newtown on the text line scope a back row of Young, Olakatu, and Murray in the middle would worry Queensland a lot more than what we are offering game one. I think it's time to think about what would worry Queensland more. And what would cause them to game plan around rather than just worrying about combinations? Yeah, I would have had Olaquatu as part of my team. Uh, probably not in the starting lineup. I would have had him on the bench. Um, I had, I did have Hudson Young to begin with. Who did I have on the right? I had Liam Martin starting. So I had Liam Martin starting the game and Olaquatu on the bench. Um, and therefore, I think it was maybe Tavita Pangai that would have missed out on my seventeen. But did you have Jake? In your 17. I did have yeah. Jake in my 17, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. That was before I found out about the injury. And then obviously he came off in the Canberra Raiders game and didn't finish the game. So um, that's obviously played into the decision with with Freddie. And I think there was communication between between Jakey making that decision. Good on you, Cookie. You know, Wally Lewis told the story. He said, we'd go through the New South Wales team list. And every time they didn't pick Kenny at 5'8", they'd be cheering. Mm. So it's interesting you go, who do you not want to play? Who do you just think, I don't want to play this guy? Yeah, there's yeah. Well, I'd imagine that there's, there'd be a couple like that, and and uh, I know Cherry Evans. It will be happy that his his teammate on on the right edge there for Manly, Olakwatu, is not playing. Uh, I think he was asked that a couple of weeks ago, like you said. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. The text line number. Time for week in review. Let's put a line through the biggest stories of the week with the Mowers Week in Review. Okay. You know, PVL is big on this, kicking off the season in Las Vegas there on the Glitter Strip. Uh, do you like this? Yay or nay for you? I Start do. I, I'm not. Maybe if I'm, I'm not a coach, if I'm, I'm if a, a Mary yeah, McGregor yeah. back in the day, but um, there could be potential that me and Mace are heading over there and, and getting amongst it. So I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of getting over there in Vegas. And, well, they're uh, one of the gambling revenue, don't they? Oh, I'd oh. imagine, yeah. I'd imagine that's a big play in it, and um, there'll be a lot of money thrown around and um, – yeah, I don't know how, you know, I know a few of the clubs have put their hands up, but 
Because yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to jaunt, mate. That's what. Oh, no, it's for the good of the game. Don't buy that. This BS narrative about growing the game, it's nonsense, mate. It's all about cash. Oh, yeah. I'm not. The, that hasn't drawn me in one bit, all that chat. It's more, um, I'm going to go talk a little bit of footy and then you know, maybe have a little bit of fun uh, around and around the pool parties. <laughs> Have you been to Vegas? I have, yeah. yeah it's good for fun. way too long. Yeah, you know, it's I did funny. Five I, days or five nights is way too long. It's. I agree. I reckon three's enough. You just plan it in. Yeah. Did you Two. go on that? Was the top? Of, was, was the was the Stratus Tower the one that's got that that ride where you slide and it kind of stops and you're going to fall off it? No, the boys that's, did. The boys yeah. went on that oh, in day three, and there were some hilarious pictures that we got out of that. But that was just not for me, mate. I didn't even consider that uh, in the slightest. I was, well, if I wasn't. If I wasn't having fun, I was recovering from having fun. Put it that way. <laughs> uh, Jason Riles uh, firming as the next Dragons coach to take over from the interim. Uh, Ryan Carr, after Anthony Griffin was given his marching orders, could be at the Dragons, according to this, uh, within the next week. Now, the Roosters mm. have said, okay, fine, bye-bye, see you later. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Sticking point at the moment in terms of how he sets up his footy department, five-year contract. Uh, I, I don't like the idea of five-year contracts, unless you're a Wayne Bennett. Uh, certainly not for a, a rookie coach, but... I'd be okay with three and performance clauses inserted into that. Well, there's a few things that come into that. Obviously, when when you've been like a club like the Dragons, who have been sort of churning over coaches in the last what in the last ten years, have probably had three different coaches. So when you when you come into a club like that, probably he's in a position. It's almost you know as a rookie coach, he's almost in a position of power, right? Where they you know that seems like they're pretty keen to get him involved. Um, he's a he's a junior. Uh, he's had successful years there playing uh, and he's done his apprenticeship under, you know, arguably two out of the three best coaches of the last 20 years in Craig Bellamy and Trent Robinson in terms of success. So um, he's done a great apprenticeship and, uh, you know, I'm sure the Dragons are keen to get him. Five years is a lot, yeah. but you, you'd almost want that security if you're Jason Rolls before you go into a job like that. I know they're not getting the wins on the board, but this is not a basket case club that many – that the the raw numbers would suggest, mm. given their pool of talent and that huge nursery of talent in the Illawarra region, twenty eight points they finished on last year, twelve wins, twelve losses. You know they they had a stretch of what five six games where they scored as many if not more tries in the opposition, lost every one of them. If they had three more wins to their name, they're actually in top eight contention. Such is the compressed nature of the ladder. Yep. I'm not saying they deserve to be there. My point is this idea that they're at rock bottom. They're not getting pumped by sixty points. This is not a team that is as bad as some people make them out to do. Yeah, there are issues at the front office and the back office, no doubt. But I think there's a lot of upside. And if you as a former player can come back and turn this club around, and we're still pride in the most recognisable symbol in the game of rugby league, uh, your stocks will soar. Well, you know, a big, part, a big part of what you mentioned there is the nursery. down In, uh, in particular, down the south coast, south coast. It's a really strong competition down there. Participation is still nice and strong. So I'd imagine the thought process of bringing a guy like Jason Rolls back who knows the region really well, um, you come through the system, like I said, that'll be a big part of identifying all the best youngsters and making sure you're holding on to them because they've got some really good youngsters coming through that have already developed into first graders. It's about bringing out the best of them and um, and making sure you get making sure the best juniors out of the South Coast are staying in the South Coast in particular. I know you're a rap on Josh Schuster, aren't you? Manly star says he will soon be the best player in the game. They don't lack confidence, these blokes. I mentioned I, I spoke to Seeds last week when they were down in Canberra, and he said he's very confident in that game. You know, which he said Josh is back, and 
there was a bit of talk about Josh and his time away uh, from the first grade squad about conditioning and the rest of it. And, you know, DC gave him a little bit of a serve in the media, but he said it was always part of the plan. We knew we were going to get him back. We knew to get him back good. Spud, we worked with on a Thursday night. He's been working with Spud. His attitude's been outstanding. Yep. And he was great against the Raiders. He was. He's, he gives him that real balance in the team. So you've got, you know, obviously Daly Cherry Evans, who's predominantly on the right side, his right side half. And you've got Ola Kawatu, very dangerous they become very reliant on that right edge for a little bit there when Schuster was out. When Schuster comes back, they've got that option on the left, and it doesn't matter who's outside of him. Tommy loves floating in and around uh, Joshy Schuster. And he, for a guy that does the no-look pass where he, um, you know, some players try to do it and they just can't nail it, he seems to get it right more times than not. So it's a real skill, nice little art, and he really opens up both sides of the field for Manly. As we say, said back in the day, hands like Noxie. The great Randwick and Wallabies five out, David Knox, uh, who he couldn't tackle with his magic hands, like light fingers, no look, bang, touch, gone. Nice soft hands. Yeah, hands like Noxie. Jared Ray Hargrove's Daniel Tupo signing for another year at the Chookies. Yeah, that's a that's a couple of big signings. Uh, Roosters aren't going as well uh, as a lot of people expected. Um, there were question marks around whether they these two were going to stay on, especially with uh, the inclusions this year of Spencer Lingu and Dom Young in mm. particular, both two really young guys in their position. So it looked like the writing was on the wall for either a tap on the shoulder and go, you know, it might not be here uh, this year. But uh, those two guys are great roosters and um, probably not going to be on as big a money as they would have been on in the past. But that's the beauty of the roosters and um, the strength in and around that club that they're able to hold on to players like this who might play for a little bit less than what they would and other clubs and able to still get big signings in, in the two that I mentioned before, the yeah. former. And the West Tigers want to return a suburban footy scope in 2024. I'll tell you what. I mean, Leichhardt, funnily enough, hasn't been the fortress that people make it out to be. It was last week yes. against the Cowboys, but uh, they want to play more games that split between Leichhardt and Campbelltown. Well, we'll see, that's the a part of uh, the the poor start to the West Tigers at the start of the year. They were able to get two to three games at the start of the year at Leichhardt and really were underwhelming. Um and then they only, I think they've only got maybe one more game outside of the one that they played against the Cowboys at Leichhardt. So I do like the old suburban grounds. I much prefer to play at a capacity of 15,000 than having 25,000 at Acor. Um, yes. It's just, there's a whole different feeling about playing at those uh, suburban grounds. Um, most notably, you know, I played at, you know, at Manly at Brookie Oval on, on a Sunday Arvo, um, 20,000 people compared to, like I said, when we played finals footy or, um, you know, any, any, uh, away games against the Bulldogs or whatnot at Acor Stadium where it just felt like there was hardly anyone in there with the yeah. 20,000 that we were playing in front of. And further, I mean, it's the design of the stadium as well. Because yep. the, 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 the slow gradient or the low gradient, you know, from the Olympics. So even if the 20,000, you're so far from the action. See, I, I'm a believer that looking to the future to, you know, you need, as Peter Valange would say, these sort of mini banquests. I think, and I think more than one team can play them. Like at Combank, let's talk about Penrith playing a couple of games there. You know, the Tigers, the Bulldogs occasionally. I think you need a littering of those around Sydney. Yeah, I agree. Which are a good 25,000 capacity, maybe 30. They're steep, easy to get a beer, easy to get a bucket of chips. Uh, you're not far from the action. The access is second to none. Well, I think that is the future. Yeah, and even Allianz, right, with South Sydney. Yeah. I know the Roosters reluctant to let them play at Allianz because uh, they must have put a, little, a bit of money into it. But it'd be better for the game that South are playing more games there because – Visually, uh, at the game and as players, it just feels a lot better to be playing at a, a packed Allianz compared to a 
20% capacity Acor Stadium. Agreed. Now, after the break, do yourself a favour. So anything that you enjoyed from throughout the week, could be a TV, a movie, could be a podcast, let us know on the text line 0457 736 736. Give us a call as well, 1300 011170. So think about that. Any recommendations, do yourself a favour and check this out. Just before we get to the break on the mowers, news breaking on the cricket front. Uh, Meg Lanning, the Australian captain, has been ruled out of the upcoming Ashes series. Elisa Healy to step in as captain. So uh, she's been withdrawn, Meg Lanning, due to medical issues, which requires a bit of management from home. Uh, no specifics in and around the nature of those issues, but we wish Meg all the best. But that is a bit of blow to the women's team, losing their captain on the eve of the Ashes. A break and back with more Saturday Morning Mowers Club. Thanks to Toro. Welcome back. Saturday Mowers. Jules in for Missile today. Justin Horro Scope alongside me. Pedro on the text line. Good morning to you, Pedro. Scope and Jules. Roosters are going fine under the radar. Yeah, okay. You tell yourself that, Pedro. You are okay. I tipped him to win the comp at the start of the year. You did, Jules? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Mate, I'm telling like, you. I've conceded 246 the, points. They're definitely not under the radar. Pedro's trying to – it's the thinking like an optimist uh, um, Roosters fan, I, I will say, but – um, I, I'm not putting a line through them, that's for sure. There's too much talent in that team and yeah. uh, there's still too, too much time in the competition and, and the competition's so close. If they can still manage again in that top four and go on a run, get some troops back, they will be dangerous at the end of the year. Yeah, look, conceding 246, but the fact is they're the only team that hasn't scored 200 points this season. Mm. They've only scored 179 That's points. interesting, isn't it? 179 With all points. the talent that they got. Tedesco and Manu and Kiri and Walker and Suali'i and yeah. The balance, they need more from their back row, but the balance isn't right. You know, Tedesco's mm. playing like a forward at the moment, isn't he? Just a lot of metres bashing it up. But he's well, just not getting it into space. Marnie's not getting it into space. That's, you know, that was – Teddy's built his game off that. Plenty of carries. You know, you look at guys like Dylan Edwards where they're not necessarily the best ball players, but they get through a, a whole heap of work, a lot mm. of kick returns. They rack up the metres. Uh, it just doesn't look as great when you're not racking up those wins or you're not scoring those tries. Uh, like we've known uh, the great James Tedesco to do. Love your loyalty as always, Pedro. All right, do yourself a favour. Have you got any nominations or something you can recommend to me or Scope 0457 736 736? You've got something. Yeah, well, I've got a nomination. I actually haven't seen this myself, but I've been told to do myself a favour a number of times from a, uh, from a couple of mates. The new Conor McGregor documentary on Netflix, I've heard it's really good. Um, I can imagine it would be because he's the ultimate entertainer, but I still haven't seen it yet myself, and I'm looking forward to getting into that. You know, I flick on Netflix and go to my profile, and generally they they profile what they recommend to you. You know, this is 94% match or whatever. And I look at it's the first thing that comes up, Conor McGregor. Sats is thumbs up. Have you seen it? Have you, Satsy? I'll just wait for the 10-second delay before he gives me a yes or a no outside the studio window. Thumbs up. I think you're saying yes. Check out the Conor McGregor documentary. Uh, great minds think alike, Scope. Sammy from Byron on the text line. Do yourself a favour and watch the new Conor McGregor documentary there you series go. on Netflix. Incredible insight to the highs and lows of the man who was part of the rise of UFC. Easily the most polarising figure in UFC uh, in what? In recent memory and probably of all time. Yeah. I know... Um, yeah, people who have been big UFC fans back in the day, you, you think of the Chuck Liddells and whatnot who really turned UFC into what it is. But yeah. in the last 10 or 15 years, Forest it's been Griffin basically, and yeah. GSP and all those. Conor yeah. McGregor, yeah, GSP will be another big one. But he just, GSP wasn't really, it's the chat that Conor brought with. Totally. I, I, I was more interested to see what the press conferences were like, even more so than the fights with Conor. And it's a bit like uh, Floyd Mayweather. In the boxing, it's like you almost tune in just to see the trash what, what the what the results are going to be like off the back of that. 
You know, it's interesting, uh, speaking of trash talks, you know who was good was uh, Shale Sonnen. Remember mm. before he yes. fought those fights against uh, Anderson Silva, who yeah. pound was- for pound is arguably the greatest UFC. Like, he was amazing at, in his prime. And he go, oh, yeah, you and your jiu-jitsu just basically mocked him. And Anderson Silva didn't say much and wiped him twice, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, it, uh, he, he's really good at getting under the skin. There are a couple of uh, other good ones. I think uh, um, Kobe Colvin, Colby Covington as well. He's a, a guy that likes to trash talk and, and works that into his game. But Charles Saunders is good. As, I, I love his commentary. He does, you know, content now after yeah. after fighting. He's really good. He's a really interesting character to listen to. I got one. I'm late to this, funnily enough, but I listened to this podcast called Smartless with Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and Sean Hayes. It's pretty funny those interview their their mates. But um, there's a show that was done a few years ago with Will Arnett called Murderville. It's only one series, and they sort of like this old time detective. Oh, there's been a murder. You got to solve it, and he gets like Conan O'Brien, all these various comedians to come in to be his partner for the day to work it out. But they don't know how it's going to play out, so it's all improvised. They've got mm. to figure it out, and half the time they're trying to be serious, and they just they break and they just start piercing themselves, laughing. You know when you see people trying to be serious, start laughing, it's like contagious. It's the best. I yeah. love watching bloopers for that same Man. thing. When and that's it. And the good thing about it, they're like those quick hit sort of twenty six minute episodes. Yeah. So you go, oh, I got a bit down. You can smash like three or four yep. in no time. Murderville, Will Arnett, check it out. Do yourself a favor. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. The Mowers Club. Let's get the news headlines. Saturday, Mowers Club, Jules and the Scope, Justin Horro with us. Uh, Eels Mars on the text line. Do yourself a favour recommendation. If you like comedy shows, hop into YouTube and watch the skits from American duo Key and Peel. Excellently. Yeah, they're great. Keegan Michael Keane and Jordan Peel, who now does all those, those mm. freaky horror movies. They are brilliant. They're awesome. Yeah, that is one where they keep bagging their wives, but they say it sort of really quietly because they don't <laughs> want their wives to hear them. Uh, do yourself a favour. Watch Tina Turner live in Barcelona, 1990 on Foxtel On Demand. The Windsor Warrior. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of recommendations this week about Tina Turner. She, 180,000 just she played in front of it at Crowd of Rio one time. The the crowds, 180,000. The crowds that they got back in the days when you, you look back at those those light aves, um, Live Aid, Wembley, yeah. Wembley Stadium. It just there, there weren't the same strict rules now that that apply at most stadiums, and and, and the yeah. way they all sandwiched in and crammed back in. Probably, you know, it wasn't the safest, but it looked like the atmosphere was unreal. Incredible. And uh, Brendan says, get around the is it Alpinist or Alpinist? How would you pronounce it? Alpinist. Alpinist on Netflix, lads. Mind blowing. Good on you, Brendan. We'll add it to the list. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Well, we spoke to Barry McGregor. We spoke to Willie Mason. I thought uh, to sort of redress the imbalance for our friends in sixteen twenty in the Gold Coast and six ninety three in Brisbane. We check in in the Queensland camp. Adam Jackson, reporter for Channel Nine, has just finished up at training. Is on the line right now. Morning, Jacko. Yeah, good morning, boys. How's it going? Going really well. Look, we couldn't get much out of Mary in terms of, you know, who's going to play what positions, who might substitute Appy at, at dummy half. You've watched the boys. Uh, no doubt they've hit the ground running at training today. What can you tell us? Well, they're actually still on the training field at the moment. They've been okay. training for about 45 minutes at their base here at uh, Sanctuary Cove. Very uh, upbeat session, very vocal. The, it's it's amazing to see the coaching staff running around, like Billy Slater is out the back with his nose, but then... You look to your left and there's Jonathan Thurston and then there's Cameron Smith and then there's Nate Miles and then there's Alfie Langer and then there's Josh Hanna, who's probably the, the best credentialed in terms of like the coaching experience yeah. in the NRL there, um, helping out with the game plan. So, yeah, yeah, it's quite incredible to see the amount of experience they have in the coaching staff. But in terms of like their setup, um, a key takeaway is that uh, Val Holmes is depending on the um, right side with Selwyn Cobb. A lot of people thought... 
they would be on the left with Murray Talangi with that Cowboys mm. combination. A lot of people thought that's the reason they were selected. But you get the sense that uh, Val's gone to the right-hand side to try and combat uh, Latrell Mitchell, yeah. Val Holmes, World Cup winner, so experienced, uh, will defend alongside, uh, yeah, Selwyn Cobo on that right. And Hamaso uh, Tabu Ifido will play left with Murray Talangi. They're actually besties. They were teammates up at the Cowboys before the Hammer went down to the Dolphins. So they have a really good bond. So they feel as though maybe they can get the best out of each other on that left-hand side where David Fafita will be as well too. So I think... That's a really lethal side for Queensland. You know, Hammer, Talangi, Peter and Munster, if they're going to score a lot of points, I think that's the avenue where it comes from. That's a Jacko. It's Justin Hyre here, mate. Obviously, big news if that's the way it plays out. Um, I do remember a couple of years ago, I mentioned this at the top of our show, that Josh Adokar and Brian Dotto trained on opposite sides than they actually opened in game one. Do you think there's some early mind games? I know the journal, the journalism, the, the media are at the, at the training sessions, are they maybe trying to throw New South Wales off with that setup right now? No, well, they had their first session at the Broncos early in the week and they, they swapped over the, the wing sides, like you were saying, back with New South Wales in the day with uh, Kalungi and um, Cobbo. But ever since then, so I've watched this one, this is, probably the most serious training session. And they actually had an opposed session two days ago against the Queensland Cup team, the Ipswich Jets, and that's the way they lined up. And I think given how like analytical attention to detail Billy yep. Slater is, I'd be surprised if it's a ruse, especially on the back of seven changes, this Maroon team from the decider team yeah, last fair point. year. So there's still got a fair bit of time to work on combinations. An interesting one after that opposed session, the right side leaked a couple of tries. Uh, Tom Dearden actually played halfback for the Jets because he's the 18th man. So they scored two tries against the Maroons' right side, and Dallas Cherry Evans kind of got that right edge together and gave him a few stern words after training sessions in, in terms of, like, we need to be better defensively. So, you know, taking it very seriously down there, even though it feels like a holiday, there's a boat show going on. $16 million super yacht docked about a, a couple of hundred metres from the Maroons' training base. $16 million super yacht. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Man. Not even Cameron Munster can afford that, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> if he'd gone to the Dolphins, he might have, mate. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, have you seen Reese Walsh? Uh, what's his involvement been like? Yeah, um, very energetic, as you would expect. You have to see him from the Broncos. But uh, he's probably the one that, uh, it's quite obvious, the benefit the most from Billy Slater. Like, they started the session. They were the first two on the field. They were talking Billy as a sheet of paper going back through the passing plays. Just positional-wise, I think that will be hugely beneficial to Reese Walsh, just having Billy in his ear where to be and when to be there because we know he's an unquestionable talent, Reese Walsh, but he's still very raw at this level and he's the sole debutant in this Queensland squad for the series opener. What about the coaching stuff, mate? You talked about Billy Slater there, his uh, communication on field. You're talking about all the great players that are obviously a part of that big run. Do you think... Oh, you know, they probably don't have the experience that the uh, New South Wales team with Freddie coached at, at club level, Mary McGregor, who we spoke to him earlier. But what they do is they're probably more connected to the, the modern-day player because they're not as far removed. Do you think that's a strength of Queensland, having that coaching staff up there? Well, definitely. And it harks back to, like, that Mel Meninga era as well, too. So, like, you have those ex-players in who are more just, I uh, know, oh, team manager type things. Yep. Uh, just getting the players, you know, together, getting them to bond well. They're really heavy. And that's where Josh Hanna really comes into his own, like highly credentialed assistant coach. I think he's been an interim coach at two NRL clubs previously. And he's the guy who, you know, comes up with the game plan alongside Billy and then implements it. So I think 
it's, it's a good mix, kind of like the way Neil Henry was the, the man behind the scenes with Mel Meninga's uh, dominant era in Queensland State of Origin. The Hannay-Slater uh, combination is, is very meaningful. And then, like, Cam Smith breaks off and he coaches the forwards. And then uh, Jonathan Thurston coaches the half. So essentially, they've got all bases covered. And Nate Miles, don't forget him too as well with the, the back rowers. He was exceptional in his origin career. Just imagine that, though. I mean, these blokes now... Jazz and Jacko, they they had posters of JT and Billy and Cam Smith on their walls. And you walk into training, and all of a sudden you see these, these Queensland gods there. It almost doesn't matter their coaching ability. You'd run through a brick wall for them, those blokes. Oh, 100%. And has that inspirational effect too of like, I don't want to let them down. I've seen what they've done in the Queensland jersey. They never let anyone down. Now the responsibility passed on to me, you know. Billy Slater believes in me. That's so good for my self-confidence, and I just can't let the state down. So, yeah, that, I think they've done a really good job of getting the mix right with the coaching staff. And, and with the team, you look at the Queensland team, there's question marks, and no Dane Gagai, no Callum Palmer as well. But you look across this Queensland team, a lot of them, well, pretty much all the players are in form, and you can't really look at the team and go, oh, maybe he doesn't deserve to be in the team. Mm. It's, it's an informed team to me. That's, that's the words I come up with when I look at this Maroons squad. Game one. All right. What about the mindset going into this? So a couple of years ago, New South Wales were quite dominant. Um, that was off the back of the form of Tom Travojevic and Latrell Mitchell. Both of those two guys missed last year's series and Queensland uh, obviously win the series. Uh, in, a, in a tight encounter, is there... With the decisions to leave Dane Gago out being such a big one down here uh, and the chat around what's happening in the media, how are they approaching it on the edges? Um, you've talked about Daly Cherry Evans, very vocal on the right edge. Uh, how about Cam Munster on the left? And has there been any chat you can see in and around, up north, around how they're going to potentially stop both Tommy Travojevic and Latrell Mitchell? Yeah, they haven't been... That, as a Queenslander, that's what scares me. Like, I remember that series uh, up in Townsville a few years ago when uh, Tom Travojevic just went crazy and Luttrell. So, yeah, the series Queensland's won the past few years have been the series Luttrell hasn't played and has been out injured. So I think that's the deciding factor of this entire series, how Queensland handles Turbo and Luttrell. And I think one of the reasons they went for Hammer over Jaguar is to give New South Wales something to think about. Uh, opposing them because Hammer's so electric. He's one of the leading try scorers in the NRL. So it's not just a strategy of, okay, we've just got to defend the New South Wales centres. Latrell and Turbo, I've got to think of how they're going to set off Hammer. And Val Holmes as well, too, probably one of the most underrated centres uh, in the game. They transitioned so well from the wing. So uh, almost essentially turn New South Wales' strength back against them mm. to make them think about it a bit more. But yeah, yeah, having Munster guiding uh, David Fafita on that left edge will help. Kind of, Kieran Foran's done a good job of that at the Titans, and they've kind of replicated that role of like Munster mentoring David Fafita to get the best out of him. So I think, I think if there's a player who might have a standout series that we probably didn't think, it might be David Fafita from what I've seen. And just very quickly, Jacob, before we let you go, uh, the the hunt. And Harry Grant rotation worked so effectively for Queensland last year to the point where, you know, they bring Harry on, but they still kept Hunt on the field as well. Have you seen much? Have your eyes told you much uh, in terms of how they might employ both of those gentlemen? Yeah, that'll definitely stay the same as last year. Uh, Hunt will start at hook. He'll play the first 20 minutes and then Harry Grant will come off the bench. And then Hunt goes to that kind of floating ball-playing lock role 
no matter what you want to call it. It was interesting the other day, they had some HIA replacements and they actually had uh, Hunt training in the centres, just like worst-case scenario, yeah, like right. how are we going to feel if there is an HIA? But, you know, that uh, Hunt-Harry Grant rotation worked so well in Origin last year, worked so well in the World Cup, so, you know, why change it? And they think, you know, Harry Grant's an 80-minute player in the NRL, but he's more effective coming on with tied forwards in around the 20, 25-minute mark. And, you know, it's not broken. Don't fix it. Hunt scored the winning try in last year's Origin Series. and Hopefully he does it again yep. this year. Fingers crossed. Good on you, Jacko. Thank you, mate. We'll catch all your work on Nine News. No worries. Anytime. There he's Adam Jackson from Nine News, live from Broncos training at uh, Sanctuary Cove with a $16 million boat and a beautiful golf course. Mm. Some really good information again uh, off, off the back of Dan, uh, Jackson then. Um, Val trading on the right. In, interesting, yeah. Interesting the, the, the swaps between the left and right edge, which a lot of people would have assumed that Val was going to play on the left like he does at club level with Murray Talungi, but they've moved Hammersaw over there. And and the big one is too, David Fafita. David Fafita's looking cherry ripe. He's been playing really good for the Gold Coast Titans. So um, some really good insight there. Uh, Eels Mars, only 48 hours till the Maroons management announced the schedule. Mystery gastro bug in the Queensland squad, plus three hamstring strains, two twisted ankles and a broken arm. Loving the show, super subs. There's always one, isn't there? Yeah. A flu yeah. or a mystery. That'll, that'll probably come on Monday, I reckon. You Monday, just just before captain's run. It's normally a captain's run yeah, that's right. uh, mishap that yeah, normally comes up around right. this time, doesn't it? Thurston, he didn't, he didn't make the captain's run today. He's got a flu and they're hoping he'll be okay. And it comes out and brains it. You've got to write something about don't you? 0457 736 736. Saturday morning, Mowers Club are in the final couple of furlongs thanks to Toro Horrope Mowers, powered by 100 years of innovation. Scope off at a ball today. We're almost out of time here on the Saturday Mowers Club. Jill's in for the missile today. Just very quickly, Joe Offer Hengau after playing the Cowboys. We're about to say two weeks in a row. It was really a week and about 10 minutes. Uh, word coming through. Now, I had a calf injury, expected to miss several weeks. Uh, an inauspicious start to his career in the blue and gold. Just before we get to the Saturday afternoon footy, we warm the chairs up for the boys on the Saturday crunch time team. Scotty Sattler, Adrian Prashenko and Joel Sugarcane. Pedro, got my cash on Reese Walsh icing an angle at 6-1. to one. Queenslanders can't be trusted. I sit an angle at 6-1. to one. No, you don't wish harm on No, Pedro. no, no, no. I think, um, I, talking about value, I've had a little look at the players' markets. I know Mace is mm. keen on big Payne Haas. Both these two guys, Reese Walsh and Payne Haas, are currently up the top of the Daily M leaderboard. I think Walsh is paying about 20 to 1 at some of the gambling uh, sites. Mm. So, as always, gamble responsibly. But I think I might be having a little play on Reese Walsh. You think back to Kalen Ponga's historic, uh, heroic efforts mm. last year in the series. Um, I'll be having a little play on Reese Walsh. Pedro, just back on the Roosters, said they're all playing out of position, all good once we settle. I think that once uh, should be if. Uh, massive Dragons fan, the deck, past decade has been frustrating. When will the great club be? A th- I don't think it's far away, 411. I, I really don't. I really don't. Boys, near Moore Park, a random guy will wash your windows at the lights for one or two bucks and you need to go home and clean the windscreen. Thank you, Rooster, mate. Yeah, I've seen a few of them. Yeah, I had a bloke once that tapped on the wind, just sh- shook a bucket at me, nothing else, tapped the windscreen. And I ran the window down and said, what are you saving up for, mate? And he said, a squeegee. Uh, Eels, Mars, only 48 hours to... Oh, no, we've got that one. Uh, and Mike uh, says, I think the Broncos and therefore Queensland have to fast-track Cobbo to the centre position. This will give Queensland the capacity to mark the much bigger Mitchell slash Turbo. Hammer and Holmes mm. are each giving height about 16 kilos in weight to Mitchell with Farnworth leaving at the end of the season. It's a perfect time to move Cobbo into the centres. 
Uh, I don't think nah. Jess yet. I like I like Herbie Farnworth. I think he's really underrated. Tony Staggs, you're obviously not going to move him. He's still got a, he's he's still a little bit young in uh, in experience. Cobo, he still comes up with the odd error where he looks like he's forcing to do too much. I don't mind leaving him on the wing. I sort of look at what's sort of happened with Joseph Swali, where they've moved him into the yeah. centres, and now it's looking like he probably could have used an extra year mm-hmm. out on the wing. Uh, even though I was calling for it last year, I, I was sort of saying my, saying myself that I thought Joseph should be moved closer. Now, in hindsight, I'm thinking maybe the extra year will do him the world of good. Yep. Okay, we're almost out of time here. Uh, just quickly, Saturday afternoon footy coming up, 5.30 in beautiful Napier. We've got the Warriors and the Broncos. They're fresh off the bye, the Warriors. Uh, got a debut former Shark, Luke Metcalf. He's a good player, this kid. Um, the Broncos missing five. Yeah, too many outs for the Broncos for me. Warriors in really good form. Um, I know they've been training really hard over the bye. They had, we're speaking about UFC before, Israel Adesanya was in uh, doing wrestling with the Warriors in the bye. So that's great signs for their preparation. Yeah, Adam Vanua Blake, four tries in his past five matches. There you go. We saw big William Cross- Greg last night. The, the big boppers are crossing. Blake Laurie's got himself a couple this year. It's good to see. Tristan Saylor, by the way, uh, he's back in the top grade, replacing Reese Walsh at fullback and Souths v Canberra Campbell Graham will not play with that sternum injury that ruled him out of origin cap Keen Coloma Tungy listed amongst the reserves will play that is a big in for the Bunnies against yeah. the Raiders tonight. Yeah massive in Coloma Tungy he was part of my New South Wales team uh, about four or five weeks ago before he got injured uh, and then obviously you know missed a lot of footy but he's a big inclusion with uh, a couple of stars missing. You've got Liam Knight he replaces Cam Murray at lock. Blake Taff will start at fullback Latrell also out and Shaq Mitchell you like this kid, Shaq Mitchell? I like Shaq. He started the year well. He's uh, he's had a few weeks off uh, recently, but good to see him back in the team. And then uh, Corey Hadawita Nora, he replaces Hudson Young in the second row. Elliot Whitehead suspended, shifts Joe Tarpanay to lock Basami Solo to prop. Zach Wolford returns from a head knock, pushing Tom Starling to the bench. Danny Levi out of the side. Quick tip, you got like the Warriors and uh, out of this one, South Canberra. I'm going to go Canberra. All right, that's interesting. All the yep. money is coming for South. Thank you, Scope. Bit Thanks, of pleasure. Uh, thank you to our guests on the show today, Paul, Mary, McGregor, Willie Mason, Adam Jackson. Thank you to Coach K on the tools today. After the break, we've got Saturday Crunch Time with Adrian Brzezanko, Scotty Sattler, and, of course, Joel Sugarcane. Thank you, everyone, for having me. Jules in the chair for Missile today. A great show. Thanks to our great mates at Toro Mowers, powered by 100 years of innovation. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.